0: everyone welcome to the side hit podcast i'm your host fat tony and today with us we have mark katzberg
1: welcome mark welcome Um, fuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> all right you can keep so, it no yeah hey man how's it going uh thank you for having me uh it's a pleasure to be here it's an honor to be here um i wasn't expecting mm. to be here but mm-hmm. uh it just happens that i am here yeah how do we um a wee
0: heads up from Jane about uh, your arrival. Oh shit, we got to make this one happen, this will be hella sick.
1: Yeah, that's uh, my brother's lady in charge, and she um, th- kind of threw me under the bus here, but um, <laughs> we made it happen, and um, like I said, it's an honour, so I'm mm. excited.
0: Now, how's, how's your summer been? How's your um, thing over, in you're in Victoria now, right?
1: I'm in Victoria, yes, I've been in Melbourne for like 15 years, I guess. Um, to be honest, we're I mean, everyone will know the timeline, but uh, we're summer was kind of awesome, but kind of really tough. We've, mm. you know, COVID in, in Victoria was pretty gnarly. Like we were only just got out of, um, you know, mandatory masks and um, yeah, from what I do, uh, it was, it was pretty tough on the businesses and... Um, and that's the uh, hospitality industry? Yeah, right? yeah, hospitality. So I um, own a couple of bars in Melbourne, um, and yeah, we sort of, kind of shut for a couple of weeks when they shut us down, and that was a, you know, that was a sad night um, when they kind of announced it. And then we had a few weeks, and then um, obviously they got the JobKeeper thing there. I'm not sure if that, if that translates to New Zealand, but um, they bought a JobKeeper, just basically that the government helps us pay. So we had an, op- we kind of had an op- like two options, which was like we just remain closed or we. Um, basically take what we do and diversify it and it was you know it wasn't about making money it was about surviving mm. you know so we just changed what we did made like our bars into takeaway and bottle shop sort of things and then um, and that was just a way to like keep our staff employed yeah, keep everyone a job and honestly it was also just like because it went on for so long in Melbourne it was you know like six months of lockdown so yeah. we were the only people that we were allowed to legally hang out with so mm. it was like let's get everyone back in we'll have jobs and um you know and I was in the trenches I was you know doing we were delivery driving burgers and all the stuff all through um like our zones and um yeah and just knuckling down but at the same time as well it was you know it was uh, uh there was a lot of lessons learned I think everyone learned yeah. some lessons through COVID and uh, a lot of uh self learning and um, discoveries you know yeah. it was just it was a good it, hate to say it but I fucking loved it <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> um, in, in some sometimes you mm-hmm. know it was a, there was a lot of things there was some good that came out of it which yep. was a positive I've um, seen on
0: Instagram that your uh, skateboarding game got stepped up uh, thank you to COVID
1: uh, yeah I can definitely thank COVID for that um, I mean I've been skateboarding my whole life um, you know I always wanted to be a, a skateboarder and um yeah i mean it's kind of like with so much time off and no one in, out in the streets it was like it was kind of like this is instead of like you know i you know i dabbled in running and some exercise and stuff like that but i am not by no my by no means a buff so for me my whole my whole outlet for my whole life has been going for a skate so i'd like you know I ended up like finding spots that there was no one at and um completely you know just on my own and just like when i first started going out it was like kind of weird, you know, just like skating by yourself mm. seems like a strange thing to do. But then you just get, I, just, I, I found myself just getting completely like in the zone and be like, without, you know, when you skate with friends and stuff, you, you, you kind of like, there's pressure to do stuff and and um, and if you're not skating well, you just sit down, drink beers and talk mm. shit, you know, so, but this is like, well, I've got these, I would set these personal goals for myself and I was like, there's no one around to judge or look mm. or watch, so I, it doesn't matter how long it takes for me to, to do something, like I'll just i'll just go for it and and then it was also i guess just the repetition of that like i was skating you know twice a week instead of twice a month or a year yeah which used to be like i've always kept it up but never like this so mm. and uh and now like i even after covid i skate twice a week and, and i'm just i'm absolutely loving it and it's like this i don't know i don't skate for anyone else i just mm. I'm, like i'm not you know i'm fucking great a an empty
0: city has got to be like especially a street skater's dream right absolutely (laughs) I mean I I
1: kind of stuck around the suburbs and stuff because it was kind of sketchy to be like a you know you you kind of stick we had a 5k radius too so you couldn't really go outside of that unless it was for work so I was kind of sticking around my kind of areas but even so like it's still pretty built up so Mm. we had you know there was tons of I just would basically find empty car parks and I eventually like made myself a little box and just skated that and yeah. it was it was great
0: that's cool that you were able to um, sort of swing it around positive for your business as well because like yeah when locked I up, mean that pretty true, obvious
1: it obvious. yeah I, I yeah. guess like you know we've got it was sort of like not so much for us or for me personally or for, and for me and my business partners it's like okay well, um, you know like that's huge and we we are in dire straits here but to have that I uh, you know to to have the option to be like okay well it wasn't really for me, especially. It wasn't really about um, the business. It was more about the stuff. It was like, mm. what do we do to keep these guys employed? So that when this comes around, we still have our team. And yeah. what can I do for them to make them feel like you know this is going to be okay? Because it sucks when you lose a good teammate. Eh? Yeah, I mean, then they're looking to us to be like, what the fuck we do here? And I'm like, I don't know. But mm. you know, I have to kind of be like, right, no, we have a plan. This is how it's going to run. Like, you guys are fine. We'll look after you. You're going to get a paycheck every week. That's all that matters. You're going to be able to live and pay your rent, basically. You know, like, and it was like we made it. um, It was successful. It made uh, not like it, it it made enough to keep us alive, which was the the main thing. Like, it wasn't about making money or anything like that. It was just about keeping everyone there and and maintaining the business. So, when we did come out of it, um, you know, we could just carry on with Man. the same people and I think yeah that was a you know we all became more if we weren't already a family before like as a, as a you know our staff it became that now we're like we're tight yeah
0: I mean every cloud silver lining right 100% mm.
1: yeah. it has to be otherwise yeah. otherwise fuck it
0: I'll <laughs> 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 uh, we'll kick this off um, cool. Mark uh, where are you from and how did you get into snowboarding
1: um, I was born in Wellington um and uh yeah born in Wellington my older brother obviously Rowan is um he as older brothers are just was like the pinnacle of my life like I didn't really do anything if unless he did it and um you know he was he kind of definitely fed that into me you know like having a little brother I think is like you know this is what you do and this is what's cool um so I looked up to that and he was always into BMX and skating and so we just did that and then um yeah like you know he would like force me to jump off stuff and <laughs> <laughs> some of you like the younger brother guinea pig yeah sort of thing? <laughs> yeah just just the punching bag basically um you know like i would be like he was into ninjutsu for a long time there and um or like just stuff like that and we'd like go out we, we used to live in this house it had like a, a reserve on the back with a park and you know, i'll never forget like it's like okay, we're going to go up to the top of the fort and then you're going to jump off it and do a ninja roll. And I'm like, I mean, there's a pole, you know, like I could just go down the pole. That's pretty cool. He's like, no, you have to jump off it and then do a ninja roll. And I'm standing at the top I'm like, Whoa, man, why? And he's like, jump off. He's like, he'd do, do it. And then he'd be like, jump off and do a ninja roll. I'm like, oh, fuck, okay. And I was like, so hesitant. Like, I'm going to get hurt. I'm like, I don't know why like I, was, I wasn't like a fearless kid, you know. Mm. I was like, always weighing up the options. So I'm just like, well, no, I could just take the pole, you know. And he's like, we're not going home until you do it. And then, um, so then, but then I think the lesson was that eventually I would do it and I'll be fine. And he's like, see, you're fine. Like, it's fine. You you just, you have a fear and then you do it and then you're fine. And then, so that was kind of like, yeah, um, a lesson that kind of carried on through my whole life with, especially with him. Um, and then yeah, so skateboarding, and then uh, I guess Ryan was skateboarding and BMXing, and then through that he found snowboarding. Before he, he was in Wanaka in like '96, I think, um, and he moved. I think he must have done a season in um and then ended up coming down here to Wanaka. And uh, I think they were living in Penrith Park when it was still a, a camp a campsite. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, from there to seasons, and then I sort of, well, yeah. So we, I guess we've got to go right to the start of snowboarding. I mean, I was a skateboarder, but then our family was never, like my parents had never seen the snow, mm-hmm. and somehow Rowan got into it. And, um, and then so from there, he was kind of like, I think our parents decided to like, take us on a ski trip or something. And, um, and so we all went to, I think we were Papa uh maybe two one day and then two and i had to ski my parents wouldn't let me snowboards didn't ex, like hardly exist yeah. they were like these things you know yeah um and the first time i did snowboard was in hard boots but rowan came up a day late and i'd been skiing and i was pissed like i was not happy about it like because mm. i knew that rowan snowboarded and i was like oh this is not cool like i want to snowboard um but you couldn't rent them for kids they didn't make them for small sizes yeah. they just didn't exist so I think Rowan came up um, the day after to the family trip and because he was you know he was old enough to be living alone and he bought a skate deck and we tied some shoelaces around it and we like tried to ride it and it did not work out <laughs> but then somehow um, the next, on the last day I think because I, I actually could ski and I was okay at it for a little kid you know you just go around and do things but then there was a day I don't even know if it was in the same year but one day, first day, and we found like a hard like one of these, and it was like I strapped in. And it was probably like twice my size um, in ski boots, and we did like I yeah did the like kind of home run at, um, at Tura. Um, and I don't think I did a jump, and then that was it. I was done. <laughs> the hook, Absolutely, hooked. the hook. The hook was in the hook, big time. Amazing. and I mean, you know, snow. From, I think it was also like an avenue for me because I was like. In, in Wellington, I was skating and, you know, just kind of gravitated towards like the best dudes and we were skating with like, you know, the Joseph Fungers and those guys all went to the same high schools. And so for me, it was like, okay, well, let's like gravitate towards those guys and ended up becoming friends with like all the best dudes. And obviously, I wanted to be amazing, it's, but...
0: Would this be sort of the mid-90s, Wellington skating? Yeah, so
1: like 98. Right, uh, so Wellington
0: had a strong... Very well, it's strong. always had a strong, but... Yeah, but I mean, this like sort pinnacle, of time right? is
1: like, you know, manuals just starting to go... Uh, everything was centered around like the boardroom and the sheepskates guys were there as well. well skate Snow um, as well too. Skate right? Snow was there, yeah. absolutely. And that was like my, I was a full Skate Snow rat, Matt mm. Russell, shout out Matt Russell. Um, he used to look after me a little bit and, um, yeah, you know, like I was trying to be a good, good skateboarder forever. Mm. Um, as I said, like I still am, uh, <laughs> 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 I wish I could take what I know now back then, but, um, so I was gravitating towards like you know we used to hang out with all the good guys but I wasn't I just didn't have it Mm. so you
0: know you dropped some names of who you're looking at so we heard Joseph Funger and Joseph Funger was a ripper for a long time well Joseph Funger was a
1: ripper before he even was a ripper like we used to we went to Wellington Cole and um sorry Wellington High and um Wellington High is a mufti co-ed school Mm -hmm. um and they had like a skate a, a section of the of the school that you could skate at and Joseph finally didn't have a board. He didn't own a skateboard. But he was better than everyone. So he, yeah. we, and we would like, used to get like free free periods and go down to like Schaefer's Park and mm. skate and he'd just borrow everyone's board and just absolutely rip. Like the dude was, is so insanely good forever. Mm. Like, it's like he knew how to skate before he even saw a skateboarders. Yeah. Crazy. Um, but then, you know, there was the older guys in those days, all the boardroom guys and, um, oh, you know, just, I don't know. Mm. at the time, but my sort of crew became sort of like the, um, like Roger Pimblett and Glenn Wignall and uh, those cheapskates guys, um, and then, but my homies as well, like mm. Nick Foster, James Knight, Hugh Mackay, Mitch Bushel, we were like, you know, it's our little run. crew. Hugh Mackay,
0: he was a dude. Chow. He did the first Madwex logo for Brent, I think.
1: I probably, like that. 100% yeah. probably right, yeah. Yeah. He actually came, because then he went to Sydney, like, yeah, uh, Chow story is a whole another episode <laughs> um but yeah he uh and he sort of popped up back in my life just recently and actually he uh hand painted the the light box for my uh a bar uh, my second oh, bar the right. second bar that we ever did yeah. so
0: he's still doing that sort of great yeah i think he's back in Willing- and...
1: back in wellington now um yeah so that's wellington skating and then yeah just uh, sort of the snowboarding thing came and i suppose for me i just was like well. Wow, yeah, there was a bunch of us from, um, I had friends that went to Wellington Cole and I was at Wellington High and then we all kind of teamed up and uh, managed to go to, um, I think without even snowboarding a lot, I just knew that I wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, and I remember we went to Temple Basin for, like, this trip and we were super groms.
0: Oh, crotch. And first, first time on Nutcrack? First time
1: you? on Nutcrack. First time I even, like, being out to turn and I remember yeah. we, like, learned our first, like, LE 360s and we just like, you know, there's, like, I've still got some, like, actual film photos of us trying to, like, do little stale fishes and stuff. Right. And then I think, man, what happened? Then I went to Wellington, I went back to school and there was an opportunity, there was some sort of, like, um, a school program. They were, I found out through high school that there was a um oh, sorry um that there was a uh, I found it through high school found it through high school that there was a um uh, like a national school snowboarding or and skiing competition right. at, at Tura and i kind of went i think i went to the board and i was like can we go to this and um can we make a team and they were like if you make a team you can go and so I actually created a snowboard team of people that had never been. They were just like, I just got all my friends, and they were like, "Yeah, we came. We've never been, like maybe we've been once or twice." So the, no one a, could actually snows is a, still at Mountain High. All oh, right. So still in Mountain High, and it was at two hours. So we were like, "Let's." I I honestly, I was like, I went to the school and said, "Can we put a team together?" Mm. And they said yes. And then so I actually literally put a team together. We got dead last. No one did anything, but we managed to get our school to get us to Turoa and put us up in this random camp thing and then take us to the snow every day and we snowboarded for like three days and entered this competition i think i tried to take it seriously but i was like I, I got there and i was like wow like and i'm sure that that's where abby was when we met all oh, right at that time um yeah and that was like and then yeah, man, that was crazy. So we, I just, like, made this team. No one could snowboard. Like, some people hadn't even seen the snow before. Yeah. And we just, like, created this team so that our school <laughs> would make us go on this holiday. It was sick. Mm. And um, I mean, that's
0: a good hustle, man. Yeah, no, people I was like, been I school. still,
1: I just remember that. I was like, wow, that was a pretty rad thing that we did. Like, I was just like, okay, well, me, me and my homies are, like, going to go to the snow. From there, um, then because my, my brother was living here, um, I think me and my mom, I, I expressed, I found out about Mount Aspiring, you know, and, the, and the, the stuff that they do here. And I kind of, by that stage was like, let's, I want to make this a thing. I want to snowboard all the time. You know, and Mount Aspiring is obviously the place to be because they, you know, they let you do that through school. It's not, you know, you can just go. And my brother was living here. Um, and so my mom drove, my mom and I drove down, um, i'll never forget it we flew i think we were flew into queensland we had a rental car and you know when your mum has never been to queenstown before like she lives here now so she's a gun but the first time ever it was like the crown range was dirt road and we had a rental yeah. car and i was just like we were just doing 30 and i'm like come on you know <laughs> like <laughs> but also just like i was like wow this is terrain that you know we haven't you know we're in the crown range and I, don't, mm-hmm. I didn't know this stuff like existed. Um, so like, drive, and she would drive us up, you know, Kadrona. Mm. Um I think I went, so from there, I think I did like a, I came down for like a, a, a train training camp sort of thing that was going on. Mm. And then I was like, okay, I want to go to Mount Sparrow. So that was seventh form, so I was like seventh oh, form. Seven um, and my, Rowan lived here, I think, um, man, I don't know how the time works, but we, and then I think, yeah, like we, our family bought a house down here a Normal Terrace. Mm-hmm. And Ron was living in it. And then it eventuated that I got into Mount Aspiring. And we were like, okay, well, you know, I didn't qualify for like the rooms or anything. I was just mm. like, no, I live here because we had the house. So we yeah. kind of bluffed our way in. And so I came down to go to school and that was the best because I lived with my brother. Like my parents weren't there. It was just me and my brother. And, um, you know, he was... He's only—he's uh, six years older than I was, so he would have been twenty-four. So he would be yeah. like, <laughs> like twenty-three, just killing it. And um, you know, every time it would snow, and he'd wake me up super early, be like, "Yo, get up!" And I'm like, oh, shit!" And I'd be like, "Dude, oh fuck, am I late for school?" He's like, "No, no, it's snow. You're sick." You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, he was like no it's not at GC, so it's sick. and it we used to and so he would call the school and be like oh, yeah Mark's not coming in today because he's sick and then he would take me to ride powder days at GC <laughs> but I had to have a different jacket because that because the school would also go to to travel cone so mm. my like school team would go up there but they get there in the afternoon but me and my brother had been up there since the morning mm. so I had to have like a separate jacket or we just like wouldn't we would just always be out like where they wouldn't be mm. and so like yeah big shout out to my brother for that for being mm. just like the lead, the fucking best has been like, Okay, you're sick, get up. <laughs> awesome.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Well seeing as you've brought up uh, siblings, mm. um I think we should um, talk about um, the reason you're over here is Chelsea. hmm And um, Chelsea was around a bit sort of later on, snowpark times.
1: Yeah, um but yeah, just like that's the thing, I try to figure out Chelsea got into that as well and mm. she sort of did seasons before um she had a yeah she she went to snowbird and then she lived here for a a second and then we when we all sort of moved down we all kind of did and she was here for a few years um but yeah like she was in utah before i was in utah you know right um and then i think rowan was working rowan was in utah first obviously um that's why we all kind of gravitated to that uh he was working at brighton and then um chelsea was working at snowbird and um it was yeah a couple of seasons there and then we all the whole family ended up moving down oh
0: man And what's Chelsea up to these days?
1: Uh, Chelsea has, through COVID, she was living, I mean, she was living in in the States on scholarships and teaching. Um, She's a doctor in biomedical science. Actually, to this day, I'm not 100% sure what she does because she just doesn't really go into depth about it, um, which is fucking sick. Um, She's, yeah, incredibly smart. And um, she, uh, yeah, so she... She kinda like went through high school and then she um I th- we were she was living in Salt Lake City with us and, and she was going to university there. I think it was all on scholarships in it. And then she went to uh UCLA, um, to to there go there and then she ended up in New York City. Um started family, went to ended up in New York City and then she was there, um, working for um the company that she works with. Um and yeah, COVID kinda hit and they've got two girls. Um and so they ended up taking them out of Brooklyn and then moving to their they had a beach house in Jersey Shore. They lived there for a bit and then even that got too too wow. dicey, so they ended up actually coming
0: So, back. so she became a full doctor? She's that's,
1: a,
2: that's not like a not like a lab
1: coat doctor. She sort of like deals with, I think she deals with, well she does a lot of stuff in um uh well, not pandemics. I'm sorry, Chelsea um <laughs> but yeah like this sort of thing um oh God, i forget the word that's why she's smarter than i am. um but this yeah like uh, uh, this uh, like it uh, was a lot of it was like she knew a lot about it. she knows all everything about what's happening with covid mm. and stuff um yeah but they ended up moving back to wanaka in the last couple of months mm. and then uh, they did the quarantine and then straight away they moved they came down to wanaka and then the girls are in school and they've been here for Brad. a few months, and then loving it.
0: And Rowan's been a staple around Wanaka for quite a long time. Yeah, building mountain bike trails and yeah, yeah, yeah. Now,
1: eh? I mean, yeah. Like I said, he was here in '96, and then he was back in Wellington, and then back and forth, and then. But then, then <laughs> they lived in Byron. He lived in Sydney. He was in Bondi for a bit, and then just sort of all around. And then, I guess, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Why wouldn't you live in Wanaka? Yeah, if you yeah. can. Yeah. yeah. So oh, yeah, I mean. him and Jane and their son Kayo just um, absolutely killing it.
0: Yeah, sweet. And um, we'll sort of rewind the tape a little bit. Just mentioned Abby before, and you sort of uh, touched on off mic about a, a skate story that's sort of yeah. similar to Abby. Yeah, current.
1: so because I was listening to the podcast, obviously, or the episode with with Abby, um, and she sort of mentioned that she, they went to the. Uh, she got what she won the vert comp, un, uh, in the, hmm. in the, at the skate nationals. And we used to go to the Skate Nationals too. Um, like as just like every year from school we'd, we'd go up there and stay in backpackers. And um, yeah, <laughs> we were there. And with my brother back in Wellington, we skated a little bit of vert. And um, the vert comp was on. I think it was an under 16 competition or something. And like, no, there was like only a couple of people in it. So all my friends were like, go in it. You know, I was like, I'm not, I don't know, man. I don't want, I don't know. But I ended up being like getting talked into it. And I think I borrowed pads off Murray. Hi. And because he was at the top, and I was like, Can I borrow your pads? He's like, Yeah. And, um, I, <laughs> yeah, just legend. It was like cool. Um, and I ended up, uh, yeah, dropping in and doing, I think I did like a 50 50 at Rock to Fakie and some early grabs and got like second oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> in this very comp. I was like, Oh, that's you know, that was pretty funny. So, a place in the nationals in skateboarding, so that's cool. <laughs> 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 like, it 100% doesn't count, but I remember it. Mm. Um yeah that, and the Abby did pretty much exactly the same thing so I was yeah. like that's that's wild
0: rad <laughs> um, so you ended up down at Mount Aspiring um, college for seventh form seventh form so, just the one year but that, um, did that lead you to doing um, the Wanaka and Utah back to back seasons yeah well much? I
1: mean that was uh, so first season was straight was because of Mount Aspiring yep. Um and while I was here as well there was a, um, I was involved in like a um, training camp with uh, and that Crispin Lipskin was running. All oh, right, that's um, right.
0: He was a bit of a fixture. He was a big fixture thing. here,
1: and it was like you know, like at the time, everyone it, it was just pipe. It was like the, the park scene wasn't really, it wasn't really a thing. You know, like Kadrona had a park, but it wasn't great, and they mm. didn't really give a shit because they didn't, you know, they obviously by the, back then they didn't have snow park to compete with. Yeah. so that you know that changed everything. Um, but they were big on the pipe. So everyone was riding pipe and, and this, this stage is, the, I'd moved down here and, and, I'd fell in with the kids that were in my class, which was like Jacob Barrow and Jar Harris. Yeah. And, um, you know, then it, there was the Queenstown guys like Leflar and, and Koya, they the same age. Mm. Um, and yeah, so, and we were all sort of in this, uh, yeah. Annie McFedrin. um, Oh, shit, that's a name I haven't heard in a while, eh? Yeah, he was a year younger than I was, um, but, yeah, we became super good friends, um, and we were all training to, you know, be pipe jocks, basically. Yeah. Um, And Crispin was, fuck, man, he was, you know, Canadian, I don't know if people people don't know who Crispin was, but he was, like, one of the only Canadians that was here back in the day, I'm sure that, actually, that's a lie, there was probably heaps.
0: But he was, like, an honorary local. Yeah, he was an honorary local,
1: and he was an absolute shredder just Mm. super technical super good style um and he was a coach for a lot of the kids that came up and Mm. and out of this uh, mitch brown as well obviously um was all in that part of it Mm. um and they and yeah so he was a big big fixture on that scene and they they then ended up from that camp or from that training thing um organizing everyone and sorry i didn't mention andy clark as well was andy clark yes was the big and so he was one of my Great, fuck! I've actually I've got a really good Andy Clark story. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> um, let, let, let's hear yeah, it, man. Now we can go back to that. Yep. Um, but, um, yeah. So they ended up doing a, a trip to Silver Star and took everyone, and then that, and I think Jubray was a Dubray and Crispin were the coaches. Yep. And so that was my first trip overseas, when I was 17 years old. Um, I used to work at, and I worked at like Ritual Cafe or something before it was mm. called that, bussing, di- washing dishes. Um, I worked at a spot with Tim Jackways as well once and we were both like, I think he was like maybe cooking and I was washing dishes. My sister worked at the same place we it was just hustling. Cause it was yeah. like, you had to, you know, you sort of had to pay your way to get, yeah. to get that, you know, no, um, no one had um, like, a.
0: So how come pipe riding didn't really stick with you? In <laughs>
1: uh, well, short answer is cause I sucked at it. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Oh man, I just was no good. Hey, I really wanted to be and I tried, but I just, yeah. I mean, when you're writing with Will J and Jard and, and, and Jacob, and they, I was, I mean, I guess. I mean,
0: there's some heavy names you've just mentioned right there. Yeah,
1: realize. I mean, these are, but these are the guys I came up with. And I, I, I guess a lot of things, you know, like now that with, you know, that these sort of podcasts are coming out as lot as, um, there's a lot of talk about just like fundamentals, you know, mm. and I kind of didn't have them I, and I thought that I did I thought I had great edge control But I didn't have you know 10 years under my belt like these guys grew up here and um, And not, not, not that that's an excuse at all um, But I was coming out of the gate just so hot and so hungry that I was just like okay you Just race into shit and just yeah. like try and huck and hopefully it works out and um, for me It just it <laughs> it didn't It didn't um, but yeah, so like yeah, pipe it was fun, um, but I just wasn't. I wasn't great at it. I was kind of
0: lucky, I guess, as a writer, Like, if you weren't feeling that, that the whole park scene sort of packed up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, of, I, I, I
1: I do think yeah. that yeah, timing is a large part of sort of like how mm. things worked out for me. I mean, this at this point, I wasn't sponsored. Um, those and not a lot of people were like Jacob mm. Jar. They might have had a couple. Like, mm. I think you know. Jake Barrow was always on drag and, and, you know, Jar's always on Burden.
0: Jar, well, I mean, that dude's a legend. Like, right? the, <laughs> the original New Zealand Grom. And,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: And that's pretty heavy company to like sort of be the, catch up with. Like, there's the OG
1: photo of New Zealand Snowboarder, I think one of the first or second issues, and he's, mm-hmm. I think he's, like, going under some, and a board like some sort of, like, tunnel. Yeah, I remember that picture. And he's, like, yep. this high. Yep. But I would have seen that because, mm-hmm. I you know, from Wellington and been like, that kid's, like, kind of must be my age. And even just the fact that he had a photo, even if it's just riding under a tunnel, I was like, oh, you know, that's huge. Mm. And for me to come down here when I did and just to be surrounded by those guys, like, obviously I was like kind of tactical about it. Mm. You know, I was like, these are the best dudes that are here and I want to be involved myself with that. Mm. Um, It just happened that, you know, we got along as well, which is really cool and those guys they let me be their friend you know what i mean like those guys had rain like i come into high school at seventh form Mm. and these guys are like the sponsored guys and they're cool as shit you know like Mm. you like come in from wellington and i might have thought i was whatever but i could skate a bit which was good that definitely helped me because like when you come to school here you start in summer so i was like oh i want to be a snowboarder and then but then we'd go skating and you know i could i could skate so that was an end for me, you know. And we yeah. became friends before that. And then I, kind of, when we got to the snow, I kind of had to like fake it. <laughs> yeah. So, so
0: when you when you got to Wanaka to skate, was it on that infamous boarding house ramp? Mm. Did you have much to do with
1: that? Yeah, I um, I have a scar on my leg from that ramp actually. Oh. But I think that might have been. I mean, that was there. But I think that was a time when I came down maybe with my brother for a trip. I don't know. It, that's hard. But I definitely um, I came. I just can't believe how well people used to skate that thing. I know, I, it is yeah. that it
0: was such a piece of shit. I, I posted a picture on the Instagram page of Dean Hunt doing an ollie
1: to blunt to fake. I'll never forget it. It was and so was like, rough shit. and t- and tight. Anyway, and my brother was pretty good at skating. I remember, and um, I really tried to skate it. I don't even think I don't I don't think he was there. Anyway, I felt I came off the side of it, um, and there was like a an eye like an eye beam, like a big metal mm. kind of. What do you? I don't know what called, Like almost like a waratah, oh, yeah. sticking out. And I remember falling over, and that was sticking out of the ground. And I like put my my back leg swung out and hit it, and um, just created this crazy dent in my leg. And that still to this, I can still like I can feel it now. And I've had that's probably like must be twenty years yeah <laughs> <laughs> 22 years so old a, a big lasting scar. impression
0: that ram yeah i don't on, think i skated again. a lot that. of characters I um made. and then
1: there was uh but when we were here there was there was a weird little skate comp at a tennis court out by um the Luggage bridge
0: oh the, yeah was that um that dude rich that had the dreadlocks
1: i think so yeah uh,
0: he used to be a chain for cadrona Okay. Oh, first time, The first time I met him was my first season 99. Yeah, I don't remember who then, it was,
1: but then we used to yeah. always just, like, you'd go skate that, and there was, it was like a tennis court with a bunch of stuff on it, mm. and the Fade Lounge had sort of just sort of started as well. Yeah. We were skating there a bunch, um, and the, I think the park, no, the park was here like park, maybe two years after. It was, um, but those days there was nothing yeah, to skate. Oh one oh two Because we would, we would like, yeah, there definitely wasn't a park in one of We mm. would go to Cromwell. Yeah. to skate there and kind of always do skate trips around because
0: 01 was a shit snow season we'd do um, missions Cromwell and Alexandra skate park yeah, and, and shit like that and Alexandra was um, su- almost like super new and we're like whoa check out this awesome skate park yeah
1: Alexandra and like the fact that, I don't know Cromwell was just like <laughs> it's like a good skate park turned inside out Mm. Nothing works there. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It's like waist. It's like head high rails and then ankle high rails oh. that go into grass. Like,
0: well, uh, Sean Duffel did a K grind on that big fucking rail that's got no runner. Yeah, and no run, run out. out. Yeah, no. That <laughs> <at,
1: at> park <laughs> is hilarious. Mm. Yeah, I think. I mean, just because there was lack of anything else, we still would mm. go there and you know make the drive and just yeah. see what we could make happen. You know, because mm. in those days there was not a lot to skate. Yeah,
0: and um, when when I I think most of us first became aware of you was that checkout in two thousand one snowboarder um, front board at Mount Hutt.
1: Yep, and um, <laughs> yellow jacket. And sort of want sort of. Am I wearing a helmet? Touch
0: on no, but um, Mm-mm. like there's sort of a lot of like the first time we we're aware of you. There's a lot of this Steve Ferguson hip hop sort of stees. Yep, and. I'm guessing Steve Ferguson was a big influence on you. Like, um, at, at this stage, time?
1: Steve Ferguson was, uh, as far as New Zealand was concerned, yeah, a big influence. But there wasn't a lot out. There was like mm. maybe a couple of Huffer ads or something. Mm. Um, I think I, I remember seeing Steve at Turo a couple of springs, like way, way back, when it was like Matty Group. Mm-hmm. And Dan Fountain were, like, the kings of two-row side hits, you know? Yeah. Like, there was just, like, that one sort of... It was basically a fatty to flatty. But these guys would just, like, send it. And I remember seeing Steve there. And, um, yeah. And then I... Yeah, just, like... I mean, everything was like that. It was more... For me, that sort of thing was more like... Um, you know, my brother would be in Canada or in Utah and every year for my birthday because all the all the videos just come out at that time. Um, so he would send me like VHS copies of Decade, yeah. you know, in the post and they come for my birthday and I was like, that was all I cared about, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, the hip, you know, everyone was just into hip hop. It was a thing, it was it was still cool. Like, everything's, yeah. it's cool, you know. Um, but, I mean, it, at the same time as that, I was still like, I grew up, you know, skateboarding. So it was like lag wagon no effects all that sort yeah. of stuff was like that was kind of like more in my wheelhouse but also i mean i'm young i'm just taking everything in like yeah. i just i don't care like i'm fucking rage against the machine and painting like pennywise or like smashing pumpkins or yeah. trying to figure out i don't know i'm fucking i'm young i don't know what's going on i yeah. like I'm, but i like everything you know i'm just trying to like mm. be into but i think uh, you know like as far as that photo is not particularly like I've worn baggy clothes, but I think because after that there was not really many other photos of that. I mean, there's kind of a couple, but I, that was like out of necessity. Like that's that jacket is like a yellow like jacket that we got from um, the outdoor sports store in Queenstown when I mm. when we first came here and I needed something and it was like hundred bucks or something. Like, yeah, it was like i was like it's yellow and i remember like jp walker had a yellow jacket so i was like i so bought it was jp like one of your 100 oh, yeah. yeah i mean because that's you know decades simple pleasures that kind of thing yeah. but, and yeah. i i do they, these weren't the first videos that i'd seen yeah. though like you know growing up with ron especially like t- i remember tb2 we had and i would devour it and subject yeah. harkinson well was well and truly mm. out and like you know meltdown project all those things we had them because ron had everything yeah um even mm. like the fucking the old whiskey videos we had all those and yeah, but like Terry, Daniel Frank was probably... At this time, I think Daniel Frank was my, my absolute mm-hmm. hero. In the far, Like my first board was an Atlantis. Um, my first board was a Jamie Lynn Mini, um, oh, yeah. but I never got to ride it. <laughs> That's a funny story. I, um, I
0: think I have one in my collection. I like, an, It's got the um, the monk or the butter. Does it
1: have a chip on the nose?
0: don't know. I'd have to have a look.
1: A purple one? That's a purple top sheet. Do you get it off to Gumtree? I got it off Trade Me. Trade Me a couple of years ago. Does it have a chip in the nose? nose? We'll have to
0: have a look after this interview. We do,
1: because I saved up all this money um, to buy my first ever snowboard. And then, actually, I used that money to buy a ticket to a Tool concert (laughs) with my brother... And my parents made me go on a trip to Abel Tasman instead because they, they were like, hey, they were like, no, you're... Shit, yeah,
0: that would have been the best time to see tall as well. Yeah, well, they were, like you're, too, a,
1: they were like, you're too fucking young to go to this Tool concert. But I saved my money, bought the ticket. And I think they found out they were pissed off. But they were like, you're coming on to the Able Tasman and if you do that, when you get back, we'll buy you a snowboard. That's how I got my first snowboard. So we bought that one and then Rowan and I drove to O'Kooney and we got this super late and like super late so we just left our... Boards in the car. Went to sleep. Came back the next day. Car's broken into, stolen. So I never uh, ever got to ride my first snowboard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the next one I bought was an Atlantis Daniel Frank.
0: Oh, that's not a bad um, plan B. Mm. As Daniel Frank was the man. But back I feel like times. yeah.
1: So I get. I think we've sidetracked a bit. Um, because yeah. So oh no. Well, no, this, this, <laughs> whole, this whole podcast is one giant sidetrack. One giant cool, sidetrack. Yeah, no, that's um, cool. Well, yeah, so, I mean, 100%, I was like, I wanted to be... I mean, everyone wanted to be a hip-hop kid, man. It mm-hmm. was like, that was the coolest shit. You know, like, everyone was, you know, you go through... I guess it was... That was the thing. It was like, you go through all, all this watching Terrier and Daniel Frank and everything. It was like, those guys were style on the board. Like, it was all... I don't think I remember fucking an outfit that Terry used to wear. Like, there's Mm. no certain, like, you know, outfit or anything like that. It wasn't about that. It's like, you were watching Jamie Lynn and fucking, um, I think maybe the only other, maybe there was people like Tarkin Robbins or Noah Lasnik that were kind of like, they were super skate style and I definitely was like super into those guys. But, you know, the outfit thing, it just wasn't an issue, you know, until that sort of Jamie, uh, JP Walker kind of thing where they were like quite... Obviously, trying to promote an image. And, an image, yeah. yeah. And that was, I think, the first sort of time that I kind of, kind of looked up and was like, oh mm. shit, there's there's a whole other side That's, to this. It's not just about being on your board. It's like, hey, you look on it. I
0: mm. mean, it's interesting you say that because i would never even thought about that till you said it. And yeah, growing up watching the videos, you're you're watching the the riding, like the terrier yeah. time. And you're watching you're how right, ter- like, where
1: terrier grabs and how he bones it, and like mm. how fucking high Ingmar's going, and but, you know how many. Sp- spins Daniel Frank's but but you're not like But then you're watching JP's cat as well, aren't you? Yeah. You're not like, like, oh man, you know, and then like fuck. And then it gets really out of hand when you're like, oh JP's jacket matches the rail colour, you know, like (laughs) like a couple of years later and everyone's guilty of that shit. But fuck, Mm. whatever. Like Mm. you know, that I think that was those sort of those sort of times, those sort of early like MacDog things was like when people were actually putting more personality into who they were mm. on a snowboard as well as off off it. Yeah. Um,
0: Which made the sections more interesting to watch. For so. sure.
1: But uh, not to say that that didn't exist. I mean, you know, like there was always like, you know, you, there's always, you know, kind of clips in the TV2s and TV4s is well, like people like mm. partying and having a good time. And then, and, and then the whiskey videos is just. Just <laughs> mayhem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, like you knew that Daniel Frank was like a pretty funny guy mm. from those, but there wasn't like. It just wasn't so considered. Mm. Um, and no one had really kind of like. I don't feel like people have really stopped to be like right let's create an image and let's curate an outfit mm. and um, I guess it just I, I don't know I mean it, I, I'm can't I'm not I'm, I know that I'm not the only one that it was mm. like wow that's like, we stood up and took notice you know what yeah. I mean? um, and then that you know everything changed from there I mean like,
0: mm. I mean, there's, it's those pivotal moments it's like how certain bands come along and suddenly everyone's wearing leather jackets so yeah 100%. <laughs> that sort of thing um, I did want to talk about the insurrection part because i felt like that like that video insurrection like i fucking was just went into the board house and it's like just shut up and take my money really i was just so hyped to see like the list of writers and all that stuff yeah i mean and just like watching your part and i guess this is where i got the steve ferguson ferguson assumption from was like watch your part it was some hip-hop track and and just there was a lot of similarity. from an outside looking in, there was a lot of similarities like oh, I've Yeah, seen, I mean I think it was you know?
1: I think it was a swollen members part of song for that part. And um, but I never forget it fucking Casey Loder, who made all of those videos called me and he's like and I was like, I wanna use this <laughs> I think I was like, I wanted to use an AFI or something. He's like, Fuck no And then I was like, Okay, let's use the swollen members part and he's like, I wanna be- I want to use attitude by Misfits. Like, fucking oh, Yeah, yeah <laughs> dude, yeah. And I was like, no, oh, nah, because like, you know, I'm a... <sighs> I was a notorious tantrum thrower. And at the time, I wanted to be taken seriously. So I was like, no, man. But fuck, I regret saying no to that. That would have been sick. Misfits, fuck yeah, dude. Attitude. But Just because I did. I threw fucking so many tantrums.
0: Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Because um, didn't you have the cover of Insurrection... And you, were like yeah, on a slam on the rail, it,
1: just being dead at the bottom mm. of that. It was that super famous rail um, that I think it was a decade we made that one famous. Mm. You know, like middle of the stairs, square bar, perfect eighteen, st- like the most perfect rail. But, and it was we hit it that year, and then it was gone.
0: But everyone knows that feel, like that picture, almost <laughs> as good as any riding picture, because yeah.
1: everyone's been there and be like, just like oh, I know oh, that God. one. like I'm sure I was, yeah, in pain because mm. I. Yeah, notor- pretty notoriously got broke off at every spot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and
1: because um, uh, Casey Loder he
0: was doing Loki films at the time. Yeah. And sort of one of the more profi- prolific filmmakers
1: for... Yeah, the man. So supporting. the Loki thing was... Um, that's kind of like a big a big deal, like that, how that came about. Which is a h- another huge part of the story, I guess, because... Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to segue... And trying mm-hmm. to come back. And if I get lost, you have to tell me that we're talking about... Lucky. <laughs> about yep. Lucky. So, like I said before, we went, uh, went to the Silver Star, the camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was 17 years old. I uh, went on this camp. It was like a... I think it was like a 10-day camp. Um, and we met, went to Silver Star. There was also an Australian team there. It was like training. I think it might have been Olympics or something. But every it was very like professional and... Everyone wanted everyone to be it was probably super good. Eddie Bright and Marcus Whirling, wasn't
2: it? Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: I think so. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think Marcus was there.
0: Mm. Fuck.
1: Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, excuse my language. But so anyway, that trip ended, um, and I was a year older than a lot of the people that were on it. So that by that stage, it was like Andy Clark and Mitch Brown, and um, and I think even Kendall was there. Um, and but I sort of I don't think like. I don't know, I don't think Jacob and Jar, those guys were like, they were already fine. They didn't need to go on this camp or something. Um, but we got back to Vancouver to the airport and these guys had to go back to school and I didn't. And I was like, we walked into the Vancouver airport and it was just after New Year's. I like met this girl at Silver Star and I was like, she lived in Vancouver. I was in love. And <laughs> I straight up was like, I'm not going on the plane. And everyone was like, what the fuck? And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going home. Like, I'm here already. Like, why? It, we're, it's only you know, the start of the year. There's still four months of the snow season. But I don't have any plans. I knew that my brother and Jane were coming to go to Kicking Horse in 11 days. And I had $400. And I was like, that's fine. <laughs> so I didn't get on the plane. And they went without me. And I was like, okay, cool. I called Rowan. He's like, dude, I'm going to be there in like two weeks. Like, you're going to be all right? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm fine. And then, but then I was like, okay, so I went in, then they left and I was like, holy shit, what the fuck have I just done? Like, shit just got very real. Very, Mm -hmm. I've just now have to become, like, there's, you know, there's no more Crispin or Jubray to look after me and there's, uh, like, I, you know, I don't want to call home and be like, um, I'm trying to be like... Big kid, you know, like, and I'm like, oh fuck, what have I done? So I went and found a backpackers, and I stayed there, and instantly was like, whoa, this is a bit bigger than I am. Like, eleven days in Vancouver is a lot. Um, so then I called Rowan, and I was like, can I come to kicking horse He's like, I think I kind of felt like in his voice, he was like, fuck, man, like, you've been my little brother for so long. Like, no, but I'm sure he wasn't, but in my head, I kind of felt that. So I was like, okay, now I got to figure out something out. Now at this time the only p- other people I knew was um, my friend Ruben from Wellington who used to work at the boardroom who is a huge influence when my brother wasn't there he was away Ruben used to come and pick me up and like found he used to work at the boardroom found out I was into snowboarding him and his crew which was his best friend was Johnny Mack at the time Johnny Mac oh, right. so him and Johnny Mac and like Monkey and uh, all these dudes they kind of took me on as the the Grom and they would come and get me from my parents house and and Plymouth or whatever, and uh, driving to Turo. he to go got to Turo with those guys all the time. They were so they were in Aspen, and I was like, I called Ruben. He was working at the, the snowboard shop there, and I was like, Can I come to Aspen? And he's like, I guess. Like I was like, Can I get? Can you get me a job? He's like, I don't know, man. Just they just come, you know. He's like, I'll see what we can do. So I went. Okay, so I went to like yeah, sweet. I'll go to Aspen. I'm in Vancouver. I went to the airport, try to get a flight. Can't afford it. Try to get a train, can't afford it. It's like okay, I'm taking a greyhound.
0: I've done that one from yeah,
1: never again. And at 17 years mm. old, um, on a greyhound, it was the same year that in Vancouver, someone on a greyhound had had their head cut off with a fucking samurai sword. <laughs> and I'm like, cool. I didn't fucking know, but you know, like then you know, you mm. start driving, and you start driving, and you start driving, and it's like you know that that age old thing where people are like, yo, I saw your mom kicking a can down the street. I said, what you doing? She said, I'm moving. Mm. And that used to be a funny thing. And mm. then you see like. These people like actually putting boxes on the bus and you're like, yo, dude, like this is mm. really fucking You really heavy. get to see the rock bottom. Yeah. Um, and yeah. three, three days, three nights, I think on the bus, just completely alone, like terrified. Mm. What the fuck am I doing? What have I done? Mm. Going cross country and just being like, okay. And then shut up in Aspen and um, yeah, shut up in Aspen. Those guys... Ed Long's story kind of looked after me a lot, ended up faking my social... I was like, you know, Ruben's like, you got a social security number? I'm like, no. He's like, well, here's this person's, just change the last three numbers, give them to the employer, don't fucking say anything. And that's what I did. And I got a job. <laughs> so I started working for a parson at Snowmass at the time. So um, you were
0: able to work under the table without visas or some
1: shit? No, not at
2: all?
1: no, no fucking way. But we did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we were getting taxed for what we were getting paid, but we were getting paid. We didn't give a shit. Yeah. Like it wasn't a lot, but it was fine. Um, man. And that was, that saved my life. And little did I know, I showed up at Snowmass and I was hanging out with Ruben. And then Steve Ferguson was doing a season there with Jim Mangan and uh, Jesse fucking, I can't remember Jesse's last name. But he was like an, an American pro at that time. And Ruben was like, oh, I'm working a bunch you know, like, he couldn't really come shredding with me. Uh, and then Steve was there. And he's like, oh, what's up? And was like, well, come with some laughs for me and my boys. And at this time, I'm just like, I like, fucking can't believe it. Like, by this stage, Steve Ferguson was absolutely my fucking hero. Mm. The, and, yeah, and he was just there. And I fucking didn't know he was there. Was this this sort of era where he was
0: in every issue of New Zealand Snowboarder, and just... A very time. early half
1: a... Mm. um sort of the, yeah stage yeah was silence just like era. the guy mm. yeah silence for sure um and he was but i didn't know he was there and he was there mm. and he's like come with us just took me on and we're, like dropped into the park for the first time i'll never forget it and just the level was just insane like him yeah. and jesse was it fuck i can't i wish i could remember jesse's name um dropped in and just was like the style and the power that they had through the park was just like unbelievable mm. and i was instantly at that point like right this is the point where i go all in or nothing you know like mm. I'm, I'm not going to straight out of these jumps anymore like it's not happen. Yeah. i don't i need to and basically just impress these guys because this is these guys i want to impress mm. and because they can help me and so i just started hucking and you know pretty much just yeah, Steve took me on his wing. It was big ups to Steve Ferguson for that. Um, and yeah, it was just the grom for everybody. So,
0: so Loki films.
1: So then we're in Aspen, and um, this dude comes through the part through the village one day, and he's like just at this point you could just tell sort of like people were like by the way they looked, and this guy was like absolutely like crocheted beanie with the air flaps and long blonde hair and. Turns out that's Casey Loader. Casey Loder has married a girl named Joe from New Zealand. So he's got a lot of ties and he was in town we everyone met up. It was like I think Dave O'Brien was with him. Um, because they they'd come from Salt Lake City, Dave O'Brien was there, they came down, we all met, Steve and that. And I think that was the birth of Loki. Then he then the next season Cody uh, Casey got all of us together and it was like, everybody come to Utah. We're gonna make a video, a New Zealand snowboarding video. Let's do it. So the next season, everyone went to sort like me, Dan Fountain, S- Steve. <coughs> um,
0: yeah. Right. And, and that's led to what became Insurrection.
1: So the next season we filmed Insurrection, yeah. So
0: I think you've unwittingly just labelled <laughs> off the whole first incarnation of Mad- the Madwax team.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Which,
0: that's great, because it's actually something I wanted to segue in. So <laughs> you ended up, we'll talk about the sponsorship later on, but you ended up on Madwax
1: i mean yeah from the get-go right yeah i mean and, and brent was a homie many of my brothers you know forever mm-hmm. but so like i was the grum i think it was uh yeah i mean i'm on it i don't know like madwax is such a amazing cool little thing that mm. it, i think brent unwittingly just kind of encapsulated this time yeah where there's like you know that team was insane like i'm <laughs> you know like it's i've still got one and it's um, you know, it's, I got the blue one. It's blueberry yeah. smell, and um, yeah, the photo is like uh, that rail that from Insurrection, the backlit um, is on there, and that's just like such a cool thing to have, you know. Mm. Like,
0: I mean, that's a pretty cool um, breaking the foundation of New Zealand snowboarding. Yeah, like Mad Wax was a huge deal for a lot of us. I think if you
1: know, it's like a lot of people have done, like you know, have got like unit and stuff, but like I think it was like a kind of first sort of thing that was like. I don't know, just not so serious, and just like this cool little like, this is the crew. These are mm. the people. Like, let's put them all out there um, and give everyone a wax. Which
0: mm. Rad. So did that? How did how did you end up getting on? Did Brent just see you rap and be like, "Yo"? Well,
1: friend, no, I on. think you know because because uh, of my brother, I think you know we, I was already in cahoots with Brent. Mm. Um, like, we had known each other pretty well.
2: And do you know if it was a?
1: He probably just gave me like a noogie or something and <laughs> pushed me down the <laughs> stairs and. <laughs> So was but it a on.
0: coincidence then that you got like your name on one of the bars, or it was just one no? That just
1: um, I don't know. I mean, you'd have to ask. Mm. I mean, I think you've already done the brand screen podcast, but mm. I think you've already uh, how we chose everyone. I don't know. Probably just the people with the best photos. Answer I don't it. think it was like a. A per, I don't think he personally was like, yeah, I want to give Catsburg. I definitely didn't deserve it. <laughs> I think maybe I just had the best photo. He was like, cool, that's good.
0: Brent, if you're listening, answer in the comments. And Brent, shout like, out
1: to Brent Screen. Thanks for uh, thanks for the, for the wax, my man.
0: Fucking that dude, man, just rips at life. Like, <laughs> like uh, the thing we talked about in his one, he's got to be the oldest person that's ever done the TC cat track gap at like 46 or 47 time. or some shit.
1: And just mm-hmm. like, yeah putting out
0: parts this year wake wakeboard god <laughs> yeah mountain look, looking like starting to become a mountain bike fucking ripper too <laughs> of course just <laughs> put a hand to it Brent Screens on it oh I mean, that fucking guy right he doesn't skate for like nearly 10 years and then gets on and does a whole bunch of tricks I can't even fucking do and he's just <laughs> like dude like ah yeah some people just got it Brent yeah. screen,
1: one of them Shout yeah, out. and just like the fucking always has been, like, you know, Brent's always just like always that guy that's just like, oh, what's up? You know, like big mm. fucking welcoming, uh, yeah, that yeah, Brent screen, what a dude, a
0: frother, a frother. really enthusiastic dude. Much after the insurrection part, did that lead to you going back to Utah quite a bit?
1: Yeah, after so after or? that was like five seasons in Utah. Mm. It snowed in town, um, in Salt Lake City, the night before. We come down from riding Brighton and uh, we're just like same thing just you, just lazy not lazy but just tired I think mm. and we're like we'll just leave the boards because we're getting up super early to go skate uh, to go snowboard in the streets and we get up and there was like tons of snow on the ground everyone's hyped and we get up to the truck and all our boards are gone yeah not a fun time and then I think yeah it was like there's a lot of i remember a lot of new boards and mm. just like not having a file around and just like using uh, whatever just the fuck equals discs rocks yeah. just like on a rock like before yeah definitely there's mm. been a time where i've been a, a brand new board before a comp and i've been like trying to just like can't find a file just like on a rock or on the road just like run like <laughs> just i was notorious for like having the most beat up shit like mm. all of my boards were fucked always like mm. um the bases are just like but you know I always paid for it because I was always like the last one down because I'd be like yeah fuck it you know like I was just not afraid to be like let's just jump off this and smash into that rock or ride Mm -hmm. down this huge dirt thing or like you know that was like my style which was you know like just going across roads but then I wouldn't do the upkeep afterwards so I wouldn't be like I should probably take it and do some wax or at least get these fucking giant chunks out of it (laughs) I just never do that so I was always lagging you know like Mm -hmm. on the power days like I've also got the smallest board or I'm just like I just couldn't keep up, (laughs) and it was all my fault. Like there's there's very easy and obvious ways to fix this that I just was like ah whatever, you know she'll be right (laughs) she'll be right.
0: Um, so what board sponsors was Forum your first one?
1: No, um, so first sponsor ever, um, was Tech9 actually. All right, Mark from Tech9. I think I would have sent him like heaps of stuff. I probably was like sending him tapes or writing letters or I don't even know. But I know that I hounded him. And yeah. then basically he just gave me a Might Probably just shut me up. <laughs> but I got a set of bindings. Um, and then from there I was like, okay, cool. Now I've got, you know, this. But that was pretty wild because I think the only person, the only person at the time that was getting techno was Steve. Ferguson. Mm. Mm. So I was like, Ooh And uh yeah, no one had them. I mean, let's be honest, they were fucking terrible bindings at the time, you know. <laughs> but I had the Mark Frank black and yellows and I was mm. like, Dude, this is hype. Mm. Like I'm so stoked. Um and then I think through the same guy that he bought it in Capita and then oh, I, right. I pretty much begged to be on it. Like I was like, This is everything I want, mm. you know, Capita is the coolest shit. Um, so I wrote Capita for a bit and then yeah, eventually um the opportunity to come through for forum and obviously that was probably through steve as well uh and through brad klamis and dan gosling at substance um because they were you know i was like back and forth to auckland and they had ties to the skate community and they kind of had done you know but they also just those two dudes just looked after me all the time yeah um i don't know why uh, but I'm super grateful for those dudes all the time big up Dan Gosling big up Brad Palmas um yeah and they put me on forum at the heart of forum and I'm just like in four square iris Fuck. I
2: mean that's, that's huge so that was like three time, and one man. it
1: was like you're on it was like I went from like you know a couple of things like you know some stickers and a bindings a year and one capita board I mean capita was cool like I broke a board in Utah and um I ended up actually hitting up Blue Montgomery um being like yo dude like i'm here i ride flow in new zealand like but i'm in salt lake you know and he like just sent a board out like next day to the to milo right. and i was like it was pretty cool going into milo sport and being like oh yeah I've got a board here for me you know like <laughs> who the fuck are you <laughs> um that was pretty cool and then yeah so then for him sort of that was a thing through originally through those guys and then um from being over uh in this in the states a bunch i guess um I kind of was introduced to like, you know, I, there, would, well, there was a time where I would show up, I would get on the plane um, without boards and show mm. up in Salt Lake City and there was like, you know, boxes at my friend's house and from Forum and Special Blend, I'm like, fuck man, this is insane, mm. you know, and I'd like sell what I could to pay some, to pay my way and then just keep what I wanted and um, carry on.
0: Oh sweet!
1: But yeah, that was a that was a trip for sure to be like on for him at that time. Mm. It was also probably a bit of a curse because it was like this is way this is huge, you know, like yeah. And to be in so
0: was there a bit of pressure with that too? Man,
1: yeah. I like I think I've always sort of I've always been my own worst enemy, and you know, as far as like my head um, and my abilities, you know, like I I either. I either want to be better but I don't have the talent or I know or I do have the talent but I talk myself out of it kind of thing like and I've always struggled with that like just being like yeah just I'm my biggest my own biggest critic and my own fucking worst enemy Yeah. Um, but then to be on a team like that is like instantly like especially in a place like Salt Lake City where you like roll up to and everyone at this time is like watching everybody you know like mm. the, the gear crisis is going huge and everyone's looking at what everyone's wearing and you roll up to the lift, lift line in Brighton with next year's stuff you know and people are like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Mm. And I'm like, "Oh, I don't know, man. I'm not like, I'm kind of not cool with it." But and, and, the pressure to be on Forum him at that time was was absolutely, it was ginormous, and it was almost too much. And I think it was kind of like, I, I wasn't, I think when I got on for him, the pressure was like, okay, almost like, yeah, I think it kind of broke me mm. in a bit.
0: And um, so was this sort of the time in Utah where it's like just being invaded by like pros and filmers and yeah.
1: Um, so it's sort of like, I mean, heavy it was sort of. very heavy, but it was also more sort of like the, I think you were seeing, um, you know, I was seeing like mm. Hebel and Cooley and hall riding through the park, you know. Mm. But then I like made friends with some dudes and ended up who, like, oh, I'm Hebel's roommate. And I'm like, ended up at like partying at Hebel's house much and being, you know, homies with Justin, uh, Justin Hebel. And I'm like, this is wild. Like, yeah, that's rad. my Like, because after... I guess, Ferg's, you know, Justin Hebble became my absolute, there's, you know, you can go through any of my video parts, it's no, no secret that Justin Hebbil would was my hero, mm. you know? Um, yeah, so, I mean, I even have like exactly the same tricks the year after, and, and kudos, <laughs> I think there's like a couple of rails where it's like, I think he frontboard pretzled the year before and I was like, ah, oh, God, that, I, yeah, but I'm still like, fuck it, I want to put it in, you know, mm. like I,
0: and so was there a transition at this point to um a more of an urban feature based writing or were you just doing that anyway and decided um, to point the camera at that a bit more
1: i think when that kind of when that started to come out in the states and people started to like the the sort of the focus started to tend to turn more more towards that is when i was like right this is how i do this you know because mm. coming from skateboarding you know all i really wanted to do when i when I started snowboarding, it was like, I want to know what it feels like to do a McTwist and I want to know what it feels like to do a backlip down a 16-steer handrail. Yeah. And so when the snowboarding thing, that's why... It's, it is one of the reasons we all went to, to Utah because it was notoriously great for street rails. Um, and we... Yeah, that was our focus, man. That was like mm-hmm. our thing. And with, with low-key films, with with filming, like, not so much interaction, but definitely the, the the second one and 100% kudos was like, Steve and I were so adamant about like how we did things. Like, mm-hmm. we were like you know we were like if someone skateboarded this rail we're not going to touch it if someone's done a trick on this rail even in any video part we don't want to do it like we want to find our way to do our own thing and like our fucking bump our jump bump is not going to be it's another stair and that's it that's a cutoff. there's no fucking way we're building a jump higher than one stair to the actual stair mm. like it's a snow stair as an added stair And we were so fucking vigilant about it. Like, that was our thing. We were like,
0: we we really wanted to
1: have the standard. And I think Steve and I both wanted to bring that standard home. You know, we were like, let's show these guys that we can do this shit, you know. Mm. Um, And that was our big thing was like, okay, we're going to go to the States. and We're going to be from New Zealand, but we're going to do tricks that have been done. And like, at least, they might not be better, like, but at least they're not the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that contradicts what I said, but <laughs> when I did the frontboard pretzel on that rail, mm. I was like, "Fuck it, that's great for me. I'm putting it in, and mm. I'll just, you know, I'll play it off as an ode to Justin Hebble." Um, but yeah, man, that was our thing. We were just like, "Let's like no more chump bumps. Like, let's make these jumps as small as possible. Let's make sure this like feels right, mm. like." And um, it sort of
0: brings it back to more of a skate. Hundred percent,
1: yeah. And that was our that was our ethos. That was our thing. And we, even when we came back to New Zealand, and, and like, like, you know, Steve and I were finding like the only handrails that were around. Like, you know, we did a fucking midnight trips to Mount Hut to hit the Kent Grail up there, and mm. it's like no bump. Even in the Coronet, like ledge rails, it's like no bump, and that's high, dude. Mm. Like that thing is fucking high. That old, but we that were old like,
0: base building shit, eh? Yeah. Yeah, that was fucking uh, gnarly.
1: That that ledge is high, and um, but we were like, well, it's scary. It's fucking three in the morning. <laughs> like, I was probably like, Steve, we should probably put some things <laughs> He's like, yeah. no, man, no, no fucking way. Mm. And he was very much like, no, this is this is how we're going to do it.
0: So what were you doing for run-ups on the um, Coronet? Because it's Coronet kind of flat was as a, fuck. And you just stack some tables
1: and... I don't know. I feel like we probably like had that. a drop-in. Oh, yeah. We definitely built a drop-in here because there was a lot of stuff in the last movie, in Kudos, that was in New, in New Zealand. Like, there's mm. a snow park kink rail that's in there. Um, there's... Uh, the Triple Cone Rail is in there that we all did tricks on. That's a drop-in ramp. I think we had a drop We must have mm. a drop-in ramp. I can't remember. It probably lived at my mm. house, but... Yeah, so a drop-in for Queens... Uh, for Coronet and uh, Triple Cone. That was a quick one. Mm.
0: Um, there, there is one urban feature I do want to um, ask you about. It's a pretty infamous shot when it came out was the Shooter's Rail, <laughs>
1: which was now Water Bar. Now Water Bar. Yeah. All right, yeah. So... Man, that's funny. They built that rail, and it, like, like I said, Mount Wanaka, there's not a lot of urban features around. There's basically like the monument rail, um, at the time, yeah, and not much else. That yeah. was it. Um, but that thing showed up. I don't even know. I think I honestly, I know that I saw it because I was fucking drunk and we were leaving, um, shoot, shooters, but we might have got kicked out of the back because I was with John Waddell, we got kicked out of the back, and um. There was uh, some old freezers that they had out there, and that's where mm. they kept all the chicken nuggets and wedges. And, like, we used to get drunk or kicked out of shooters, and we'd go out there and just, like, open. Like, we got kicked out. We'd be like, well, fuck you. We're taking chicken nuggets or something. Um, and then from there, I saw, saw that rail. And I remember being like, I'm going to fucking do that handrail. And um, everyone was like, No. I don't know, but Johnny McCormick was like, Yeah, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking won't do it, you pussy. And I was like, No. And I remember being a shooter, I was like, Nah, fuck it. But also, then we, it was a bit of a process. I think we were, I decided that I was going to do it, but we had looked at it a bunch. I mean, obviously, I'd stood at the top of it fucking every day for a week. Mm. Be like, I can do that. Um, and because it's an inside, like a wall rail and the coronet um, ledge, I had done the inside 50 50 on the rail down that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. So I know how that works, you know. And I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure this can happen. But we had, I think we we went up to Snow Park. We did the red kink rail up there. There was a session on that. And I think we basically like put all the snow in, and took it down, and and like put it at the at the spot, and then went to the bar. And uh, I was fucking probably pretty drunk back in the days used to drink (laughs) Jamison no Jägermeister (laughs) so now I drink Jamison I used to drink Jägermeister and be like like, yeah I'm doing the Shooters Rail tomorrow and then little but then like Johnny had always also been like yeah but the only light there you know the only light because it's in such a small alleyway the only light you get there is at 6.30 till 7 in the morning so I was at the bar <laughs> claiming it, and then the next morning I got J Mac being like, "Come on, bro, fucking get, <laughs> get up, you grummy! You fucking claimed this at the bar last night. You better like step oh, to shit. it." Yeah. So I'm hung as fuck. I'm drinking a couple of these, and I get up there, and I'm like, "All right, let's go." The lights running out. There's no choice. Hmm. Um, so it's just me, John, Johnny Waddle, and Johnny McCormick. Um, yeah, and I got smoked, and I uh, I didn't make it to the end, unfortunately um (laughs) which i don't know if a lot of people know this it's probably sacrilege i went down flat down and then bounced out at the um at the concrete kink at the end all right um which sucks
0: so i remember seeing that picture in like an alcoholic ad or something and just being like i did right away from it
1: but i was like i was like you know i don't know people do that (laughs) on skateboards now that (laughs) i come out of kinks early so I mm. think I can take, but I wanted to go the whole thing, but mm. it was pretty hairy. Oh, I don't
0: know, if you, if you wrote out, out of it, fuck it, man. <laughs> you know? nah, look, I'm, I'm yeah. I'll
1: never be, it sucks. Cause it's like, that's my best fucking thing. And then it's like, kind of, <laughs> I didn't do it the way I wanted. Anyway, someone else did it. I think did someone in pink pants. I remember. I have no idea. I think I mean, it, that, it might've even, I don't know. I wanted to find out if it was like JJ, someone had pink pants and they hit that rail. And I want to know if they, how they went as well because I never saw footage of it.
0: Mm, I the only f- documentation I've ever seen of that rail is that alcoholic ad. Mm. And was that were they making snowboard shit or is it? No, just they're just
1: like uh, Wellington like, homies. Yeah, just Wellington homies. Um, he uh, and guy from alcoholic just sort of hooked me up with some streetwear and stuff. All oh, right. Some tight jeans and stripy yeah. t-shirts, you know, <laughs> It was perfect.
0: Well, that was about the time where um, the pant size got a bit, a um, bit more shrunk. And yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you mentioned John Woodell, so he was the brains behind the cheated.
1: Yeah, um, trash films, Johnny Woodell, and it's a funny story. Um, so yeah, at this stage, this is like first or s- first year of Snow Park, I think. Um, you know the way. I was yeah obviously changing my gear. It's that's like a whole thing from from Salt Lake City that I that I sort of uh, was was doing. Um, I met some dudes in Salt Lake at Brighton, and they all had like skinny fucking pants, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, how do you do that, man? Like, mm. and I remember asking these dudes, and they turned out to be Team Thunder, and they turned out to be like, um, you know, Will Tottenham, and Jake Welch. Uh, these guys, like Jake, obviously became pretty massive. Um, uh yeah so and they were all, all had these tight snowball pants and i was like freaking out like what the fuck? how do you do that and so were you a fan or were we like no i was into yeah. it yeah i was like as soon as i saw those dudes like going through the park at Brighton, i was like i kind of i think i kind of like hot crewed my own friends mm. i was like nah fuck, i want to go i like bailed and went and found those dudes because i was like i just want to know what the fuck it was about like this is, this is sick like these guys have black hair and like there was one kid, Ricky, who had just had like, just riding through the park in fucking skin tight, blue jeans with holes all through them and a leather jacket and like a white beater. In the middle of winter, I'm like, that is fucking dope. I was just like, you know, I've seen some of that with like some of the guys in, in like, you know, some of the videos that was just starting to kind of punch through with like Corey Smith and stuff. And then, yeah, that year, those dudes just rolling through the park and I was like, dude, I'm that's amazing like i'm gonna find those dudes and they're not even cold <laughs> <laughs> well i know they probably were but you know i found them in the and i found them in the cafe and i was like dude and i walked up and i was like yo like how do you get these pants like this and they were like yo where the fuck are you from like i've never heard anyone speak like you and so there was this instant like thing where they were like what's your name and i was like mark they're like all right mac like say salt and pepper i'll be like salt pepper like say rubbish bin I'm like okay it's a rubbish bin and then I just die laughing so we became friends and then i was like how do you get to-? and then it turns out like sean mccormick who was a filmer for team thunder ended up being a filmer for uh video a lot of the videographs movies and World and stuff um he's like oh yeah my mum does them in my basement so i was like okay well i'm coming over and your mum's gonna sew my pants and she did and then another time i uh No, that was supposed to happen, but it never did. And then one, so then I got sick of waiting and having, not having, after I saw that, I couldn't not have tighter pants. I couldn't do it. And I remember I got home and I went to the 7-Eleven and and we're living in Sugar House. Uh, I walked down to 7-Eleven and I found like a little uh, sewing kit, like this big. Mm -hmm. And I took it home and I sat wearing my snowboard pants. I laced up some, some, some needle and thread and I started about here. And I sat and sewed all the way Holy up my thigh, shit. all the way down. How until, long did that take you? Oh, it was like a whole night. Fuck, that's a mess. And then when dude. I was done, I I took them off. I took them outside and I scrumpled them up and I like sprayed across some with some white spray paint to look like distressed jeans, <laughs> and they became my pants. Um, anyway, yeah, so <laughs> that was like the whole that whole pants thing. And then people started making them and, and it became easier. Mad. But But, you know, I, even even that, like, I think now I've got a pair of, like, uh, L1s. But I, yeah, before these pants, every pa- pair of pants I had, I was, was, was so, uh, like, tailored by of, myself.
0: A lot of needle and thread action there, <laughs> Fucking hell. I, I would have given up within the first 15 centimetres. Yeah, I mean, it was
1: a, it was part of the, that was a whole part of it, you know. Mm. It was like, uh, you could do and that. To, so,
0: um... <clears throat> Did uh, John Waddell, Did he inherit sort of Loki's footage to make cheated as well? Uh,
1: yeah, that was a by that stage, that was like the last thing it was a bit of a joint effort. I think Co Casey had a bunch of footage, but was sort of not doing anything with it. Mm. Um, and we'd had a whole season there. Um, yeah, but that going back to Johnny Johnny Waddell, was that's how that trash team came about because he was we. I... Uh, <laughs> I showed up looking the way that I did at Snow Park in the first year at Snow Park. Mm. And I thought, you know, I was the only one. And then all of a sudden, here's this kid with like jet black hair and he had like a, a girl's Walcom jacket with a Misfits patch painted on it and wearing black jeans. And I was like, whoa. But then I was like, who the fuck is that guy? Like that that's amazing, you know. Like I thought I was the only guy like in New Zealand wearing this shit like in all the gear and I see this kid. And then I saw he was holding a VX and I was like, yo, <laughs> okay now this is my friend and then um so i like approached him i'm like hey man what's going on like and he's like oh yeah 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 um <laughs> i think he was like oh yeah like and i was like what's going on where are you from he's like i'm oh, from nelson he's like oh, cool like should we get a beer later? he's like oh yeah i actually don't have anywhere to stay and i was like okay cool come stay at my house never met this dude before he's like oh, i could stay for one night i think he ended up staying for like three months and then we you know we became John and now is like my little brother like we lived in Melbourne together we started a band together we've mm. like run bars together um, you know best man was that reading.
0: the band
1: Bloody Oath? Bloody Oath it's not a band oh right Bloody Oath is uh, me and my friends when we would get drunk and we would talk about if we were to start a band a metal band it would be like an Australian doom metal band called Bloody Oath I was like that's a fucking great name <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> <awesome> name. yeah. <laughs> our band was Last Gypsies. Uh, oh, right. So we, when I quit snowboarding, I moved to Melbourne to start a band, and uh, yeah, we started with John Waddell on bass, and, and um, yeah, we did we did all right. We made a bunch of songs, we played a heaps of shows, we sold out the Ding Dong Lounge once. It was like four hundred people. Right. It was cool, and then um, yeah, but Johnny went on to do like obviously he he made films with a bunch of the guys from Australia, like uh, with Jai, did a bunch of trips oh, yeah. with Jai Kearney and uh, Jake McBride, and then um, like uh, made a bunch of music videos and stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: So I loved Cheetah when it came out. Like, there was so much, I think, with the the low-key footage as well as the trash footage, he had such a good spectrum of snowboarders. Because like, mm. Tim and Will Jackways, who were, like, full-right yeah. everything, were in there. Yeah, so as there, I think like as Will, well as, Will
1: and Abby's footage from that um, was was gifted. I think mm. they, they – Jar Harris – Jar's footage, it oh, has fucking... got a full part and it's amazing. Jar's part was like pretty much like tripod self-filmed by like him in Sweden. And then, Whoa. yeah, like I think it was just him by himself a lot of it or like Holy with his shit. lady. And then Abby and Will's parts were like them filming each other. Um, but yeah, so all of the stuff, it was like that crew, insult like that year was like me, Jesse Wilkinson, um, Tim Watson uh and like kp and logan all those guys were there
0: fucking tim watson shit
1: man that's tim the name Watson, name i've forgotten too fucking hell dude so yeah i'm not sure on the whereabouts of tim watson tim watson if you're out there hey man um fucking hell that guy could just skate and snowboard like at the drop of a hat phenomenal snowboard, the best right? i last i heard i think he's living in france and he's just taking photos and just chilling all right just being a chiller
0: Oh, man, that yeah, Wow, that's a name I haven't heard in a very long time.
1: But, I mean, Tim was the best. Like, he mm. was, you know, he was on Half Run Forum, and he was, like, deserving of being on those. Mm. He was so good. You like, could skate. <laughs> He's like, oh, I haven't skated in a while. He's just, like, could skate, like, amazingly. Like, <laughs> s- just, like, super tech. And then he moved to Melbourne as well, and we hung out with, like, him in Melbourne a long, a long time. And um, so him and John skate, making skate videos and stuff. Um, yeah, and he just, like, he just... Drops snowboarding and started skateboarding and like was absolutely insane at it like and started getting like flow from you know all these people in mm. melbourne because he was that good people just wanted to give him shit and he's like oh fuck it and then just to spit and
0: man just to be that finally to be that good for a day that you don't even appreciate or understand how good yeah i'm not sure if it, <laughs> I, I think I, yeah. I
1: think i i don't know i don't want to speak for tim at all but um i feel like he just he just he never sort of wanted it, or if he did, it was like too much pressure or something. And mm. He just was like, but he was cool with just not, mm. you know, like I think he wanted to do it and have fun, but whenever everyone started, every time people started to pay attention to it, he sort of was like, he would back away from it. Mm. It feels like, like he just didn't want that. It's almost
0: like a Julian Stranger move. Like, mm. you know, like, for that.
1: kind of the opposite of what other people are doing it for you know? Mm.
0: But uh, we're talking about Snow Park, and um, I mean, it's nuts to think that that place has been gone for as long as it was open. <coughs> oh, and, that there, there was a bit of a fixture in your sort of riding at
1: yeah. sort the of time? I mean, of course. Like, I don't know. I'm not even sure how or why I made the team, but I was on it. Um, but that was sick. Um, the first couple of years of that place were just, like, you know, it was very grassroots at the start. Mm. I mean, like, all the rails are sitting on hay bales, and most of the time they were, like, sticking out of the ground. And, you know, to see it then, like, just just catch on, you know. Mm. The first season was, like, just hiking a couple of boxes and, um you know, a couple of rails, and but you know, everyone was there and it was super fun. And then the next couple of years, it just became like the place to be. And like, um, man, there's so many good memories out of that joint. It was that was the coolest shit ever. And to have that, and then you know, like to, to see how fast you know, like what Snow Park did was so insane. You know, like is this like lying, sleeping giant for 30 odd years. Mm. Yeah, they got half pipes and stuff, and then Snow Park goes, Here we are. And then all of a sudden, Cadrona's like, fuck, man, like, mm. let's, we need to step that up. So now, without that, like, there's no way, like, Cadrona right now is like, that people come from far and wide to snowboard to, mm. to, to, to Kadrona just like,
0: just like people did with snowpark, right? With Snow
1: Park, but it caught on so quick. And it mm. was just like this international, I think within even the second season, mm. it was just like, this is the spot, and people just started flooding the town. Iwanaka like, was just a, a, a hub of pros, you know? Like, yeah. On their off season, instead of going to Hood or Whistler or whatever, they would come come here.
0: It was so rare to be a fan, fan of Snowboarding. You could ride the chair with like t rice or hundred percent or it was whoever. Always
1: around. there was always people around. There was always mm. this like insane heads. It's like these like people that you just like. I can't believe that person's here. You know, yeah. like um, you know, like I don't know. Like I remember fucking being outside of Shooters with like fucking um, Louis Vito. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? Everyone's partying with Louie video and he's like freestyling outside of shooters and it's like, oh fuck. And you did like a backflip off a of picnic table, and like, alright Louie, like that's cool and you know. Then it's like yeah, there's like remain and fucking giggy outside the Dobin fucking getting into fights and you're like, Okay dudes And then like yeah, man like
0: So what's this one about um Nate Bozong, J Two and Todd Richards at your house?
1: <laughs> yeah, so I guess those guys are in town. Um But what's embarrassing is that, like, it's probably no secret as well that I was uh, a big, big Nate Bozong Mm -hmm. fan. Um, So I had, like, Bozong posters on my wall and whatever, and then we come back from snowboarding, uh, come back down the hill one day and go into my house, and here's, like, here's my sister and her friend dyeing J2 and Bozong's hair in our living room, (laughs) and they're, like, smoking weed and fucking, like, J2, and Todd Richards is there, and they're, like... They're just like wasted, super high, like fucking just running around like getting their hair dyed purple and shit like they got like tinfoil <laughs> in their hair. There's a like fucking bonfire going out the back. I'm like, oh what the fuck is going on? And then I'm like also just like, Oh yeah, what's up, Bozang? Like, He's like, Hey man, like what's cracking? Like la-da-da. I'm like I'm like, cool, I don't wanna say that you're my fuck, but I know you like I just saw you come out of my room and there's fucking posters of you everywhere. I'm just like <laughs> god damn it so that was pretty funny but then yeah like that was cool i think they like fucking took off they like stole our mountain, motor- i sold my bmx and like ripped it around but i think they brought it back i was like i don't know it was <laughs> it was pretty cool like todd richards j2 and and no bozong in my house it's pretty rad and then mm. uh but then like a couple of years later fuck i get a phone i'm in melbourne and i get a phone call from bozong and he's like hey man like are you around i'm like Yeah, yeah he's like i got a hotel room like come over and I'm like, all right. So me and my homie just go to see Bozong at his hotel room, and they get there, and, and I'm like, okay, this could be. Let's see how this plays out. Mm. And then we get there, and he's just like, he's like, kind of trying to hang, but all he's talking about is like some ex- Australian girlfriend, and he's just like so greened out, so blazed up. I was just like, like basically open the fucking door to his hotel room, and it's like a Snoop Dogg video, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, man, this has been cool, but like, I'm out of here. Mm. Um, and that was kind of wild because it was like. You know, I would have, what I wouldn't have given a couple of years before to be like in a room with Bozong. Yeah. And then it's like, I couldn't get out of there fast enough. Fucking know?
0: crazy to see his Insta now, and he's got all these face tattoos. I, like I can't even follow it. Snowboarding's anymore. Andy Roy or some shit. Like, or I mean, fucking even. As long as crazier. it works.
1: I mean, I hope it works for him. I hope mm. he's doing all right. Because that kid was fucking super talented, man. He was really cool. Mm.
0: Like, as I was watching The Resistance not too long ago, and he's got like a few tricks in the Grom part there. It's like, how the fuck is that the same thing? Dude? dude, that part was like,
1: amazing because mm. he could skate and snowboard as well and mm. I think that was like the reason I was like, and he was a similar age mm. and I was like, that was like straight away, I was like, that guy's my homie. Mm. And then you know, like Danny Cass and I was another one, big one because I found out Danny Cass and I share the exact same birthday on the exact Guy. same year. And I party with him one time and we like, I was like, yeah, we had the same birthday. He was like, fuck yeah, let's get to Hamlet. And I was like, all right. That <laughs> was like, that's about it. Oh, yeah, was that here? here? Um, no, um, that was like, Fuck, where was that? Colorado somewhere.
0: Right, I mean, that must have been, like, the time where they were just notorious grenade and just shit was was blowing up. Those guys
1: were insane.
0: (laughs) Holy fuck, could you even keep
1: up? And partying?
0: Yeah, with those dudes, like...
1: Oh, man, I don't know, nah, nah. So, I was late to the party partying. Like, when, even when we lived here, uh, like, I was so I was yeah very late to the party as far as partying and drinking and stuff like I was I was a super serious kid mm. I was like so gung ho about like taking everything seriously and getting up early and like being like wanting to the snowboard and and like I was like this anal like it's so weird it comes to everything else I didn't really give a shit but it came to snowboarding I was like I was so anal and like so adamant about it like I was like yeah like fuck and I think I was just like a jerk man like <laughs> like it kind of worked like opposite favor you mm. know like and everyone else is just like having a good time and like you just taking it easy and i thought but i honestly thought that i had to work much harder you know like mm. um because i wanted snowboarding to be a, a part of my life and i wanted to you know to get sponsored and to stay sponsored and to to make an impact and stuff i thought that you know like that was going to help but it kind of <laughs> it kind of didn't and i looked at tim tim and will Jackways, so, you know those guys are just like the jackways are just like had that mellow fucking vibe of like everything's chill and it played into their style and it played into the way they're snowboarding and like looking back now i was like fuck man if i was just like more mellow i wouldn't have been so like in my head and like fucking worried about it because i was worried about everything i was worried about what people would think i was worried about how I looked and how you know like how it looks if i'm sponsored and if i'm not getting the right stuff and if i fucking you know like and so that that ended up with me like throwing fucking tantrums when things didn't go my way because i was like i'm trying so hard and i'm breaking my body and i'm not getting these tricks that i want to do and i work so fucking hard and i probably just needed to relax you know like yeah and getting older is like now that i think about it a lot more and especially now like now like when we talk about like skating i'm like i don't give a shit anymore and i'm having a great time with it and I i just kind of want to take all that back and be like fuck man i should have just been like let's just relax and enjoy this for what it is Mm. but at the time back then it was like okay this is where i want to be and i feel like i have to work really fucking hard um and then yeah and then i didn't i (laughs) I mean no then i and then i sort of like finally like started figuring it out and started partying and having a fucking great time and then um but i mean eventually like i partied a lot Mm. and probably too much and then it was like I think that's you know that kind of brings us out to like the day I fucking just quit because I was like, in Utah, I'd I'd flown from I like, I like flew into L.A. and I was supposed to be in Utah the next day and I like had some homies in L.A. And I just ended up spending like, a couple weeks or like a, like six days in Los Angeles and then went and then eventually got to uh, Salt Lake, and then me and my friend would like take a couple laps, like I'd go out to the back country to film and I'd end up just sitting there like just. It was just during the Cheetah – Okay. Yeah, I think this is sort of that time where that, mm. that video part is, like, not great. Mm. <laughs> it's just a bunch of fuck around shit. But at the same time, that was probably like having the most fun because I wasn't trying, like, super hard like that. So but,
0: I, I kind of like that part, because of the fuck around I love it. It's just, like, yeah. it's
1: a good time. That whole video is like that. Mm. And I was kind of like, yeah. But I think the turning point was then I was, like, I was putting a lot of pressure and that's kind of was making me super unhappy. And like I just, you know, like, my peers are, like, you know, at this time, it's like, Jake Coyer and... Like Will and Ja, and everyone. It's mm. like these guys are fucking just naturally insanely good. And, you know, I don't, there is an argument about natural talent versus like hard work and everything, but I don't, like, I definitely put in the hard work and I just, I just don't think the talent, like, I wanted it so bad. Mm. Um, and there's like some things that I was good at, but mm-hmm. I don't want, I should have, I, like I played to my strengths a lot, but it just seemed like everyone else was having a way better time. Mm. And I was just like, so if I probably just relaxed and just had a good time with it, I probably would have been way better snowboarder. But I everything that I did was like, I felt like I was being watched, but it was just me watching myself. Like yeah. It was all me being in my own head and not letting myself have a good time or or relax and just like own what i've what i've achieved like i couldn't ever be like i've got to this point like people are giving me shit for free like there's got to be something there mm-hmm. you know like but i couldn't get out of that i'm like fucking everyone's watching me everyone's judging me everyone hates me everyone thinks i'm shit yeah. you know and i'm like so every time i strap in i'm fucking terrified and it's like I, I think you know like and then i would just i kind of just was like i'm done like i'm not fucking happy but i'm still like i'm showing up to salt lake with like boxes of boards and i'm showing up to brighton with like next year's snowboards and all these 14 year old kids are looking at me going like who's this guy and i'm like and they're like ripping just like having a good time being 14 and just like absolutely shredding and they're looking at me being like who's this guy that fucking can hardly turn <laughs> like and just being like it doesn't look like he's having a good time and i was like fuck man this is kind of the, this is the moment i think and i was just like i was standing in the lift line and i was like I, I think i need to i need to change this like i need to stop i think like, I could carry on and probably, like, move back to Wanaka this season and, like, milk another couple of seasons of getting free shit and getting some passes and hanging around. But at this point, like, this is not making me happy at all. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I was just, like, and I think I was partying because of that. I was yeah. partying so hard because of that That kind of realization yeah. that I was, it was, like, I, I knew without knowing that I had to sort of step away from something that I worked so fucking hard to get, like, no, like, yeah. Without
0: that, I mean, that's pretty hard to put all this work in. And have I to put in choose
1: to walk so away. So right? much fucking work to, to to get to where that was. Like, I mm. and I, and I mean, everyone, everyone did. Like, it wasn't mm. just me. Like, everyone that got to where the, to that point to get sponsored. That that's so much work. Um, you know, and I definitely felt like I had put in that, and you know, I did have those that, those couple of video parts to to back it up. But mm. in my head, I was never going to be like. Where I wanted, or i was never going to be good enough in other people's eyes, or something like you know, like I just was, yeah. like I said before, I was my own fucking worst enemy. All I needed to do was chill out, and be like I'm having, and just have a good time with it, but I couldn't. And it was like, yeah, being on forum and fucking Iris and Special Blend and all these things, and you're like, fuck, man, like,
0: I guess they were the brands, right? And people were hungry to get on there, so mm. you sort of were watching your sex when you're on there the
1: whole time, too, Hundred percent, right? and just being like, okay, cool, like, and then being like, fuck, do I am I deserving of this? And mm. and like in a sense, I was. Um, and I wasn't, but I—it didn't matter. Like, it, none of that shit mattered. Like, I had created my own, you know, environment, and I mm. had fought to, for that position. Um, but then I was just like, I don't think I can fight for that anymore. Mm. I think this is the time. I mean, and there's—I mean, honestly, there's there's two sides to it because I'm. What happened after that is insane and amazing, and like what I've mm. been doing since then has been really like. So no, I want to
0: touch into go into life after snowboarding. Yeah. But before we do that, there's a couple of things <laughs> I want to mention. Um, Sorry, I've been just no, rambling. Uh, dude, that's, that's, that's how this is on <laughs> um, How did Clayton Barker come into the picture? Well, um, you guys were running tight for a while. Yeah,
1: Clayton was fucking, that's, yeah, man, that's my boy. Um, and forever will be. Like, he's still, I asked him to come have beers with me tonight. He's like, Nah, I'm not going to town. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, man. But honestly, no, nah, he's got kids and uh, I think his wife's out of town, so. But yeah, so Clayton, because he was just a fixture here, like he's had this house, and um, like Clayton, he was a good stumbler. He didn't really want to be. I don't think he ever really had aspirations to be like good, but he was he's, just like ripping. Like, anyway, flips in the pipe and today eh? that dude has to this. I'm sure he can still. He has the best cab five in New Zealand, mm. in my opinion, forever. Um, just rad style. I probably was a terrible influence on him. Um, because, yeah, we started hanging out, and then you know he's got like jet black hair and wearing jeans and getting drunk mm-hmm. at getting drunk at the street comps and and um, but you know got hooked up and we had a fucking we had a great couple of seasons his, together. His um,
0: section then Cheetah was amazing. It was all about thirty seconds long or something. And
1: it was just him fucking shit faced hammered at uh like at the rail comp. Uh,
0: like yeah, it was a great day. He's was, he was, he
1: was a proud <laughs> it was a proud moment for me. <laughs> um if anyone i don't know if, I, I know that people have copies of cheated um but that if you want to fucking dig there's there's like links of it in i think andy gold put them up on facebook but i think i went through my facebook photos and it's there and it's right. like four links um yeah i don't know like i want to find kudos and i want to find this direction but mm. if anyone's got copies
0: i've i've found the i found that videotape PHS Because I pulled all my shit out of my mum's house in yep. storage. And so I found like creatures of habit too and insurrections like fucking need to speak to some of the
1: homies and see if they can digitalize that shit. Mm. And um Well, I have a copy of Kudos on DVD, but it's like scratched as shit and <laughs> I can't play it as I've tried. Um but yeah, Clayton is that was a fucking fun couple of seasons of that dude. Mm-hmm. Um and, and he was just ripping. So good.
0: And were you um hitting those down because at that time it seemed like every second weekend there was a downtown rail a lot of rail comps it's
1: like, like yeah there was Christchurch ones Dunedin ones Queenstown all the time and then there was one in Wellington as well oh they were they were
0: because it was kind of random you get them in like Christchurch and Dunedin and places that are a bit more removed
1: and what not but it mean, kind of makes sense I think that was just like a craze at the time you mm. know like everyone was bringing snow to shit and it would just seemed to make sense like I mean, they used to have big ears and like mm those horrible rickety fucking big air uh, scaffold structure things. Um, Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was a bit of a phase. Everyone, there seemed to be one all the time. I never did any good of them. I was just getting, I think I was just, I don't even know. I think I maybe placed in like one or two, I think one in Christchurch or something. Mm. But that should have been my forte, you know? And I was like, nah, fuck it. I just, I couldn't give a shit. (laughs) A lot (laughs) of things about snobbing, well that, yeah, it was just like, I was like a bitter old man by the time I was like twenty two. <laughs> I, <was like, laughs> I was like, fuck comps, man, you know, like I like why do you I don't know, why do you just relax and just have a good time? And I was like, nah, fuck it. I had to have like have something be be mad about it or mm. you know, I always had something to say, I don't know. <laughs> just young fucking idiot.
0: Um, so when you checked out of snowboarding was that were you writing for transfirm after?
1: Um Yes, yes. Oh, so when I when I totally, I, I mean, there was when I was in it, I was kind of writing a bunch for the New Zealand magazines and a few things for Manual, just bits and pieces. Um, but yeah, I started writing for Transfer after I moved back to Melbourne, mm. and because uh, I think I was working um, with those guys. Uh, Russell Holt um, was the editor at the time, and I guess like I'd been to like a couple of the uh, what are they called the. Um, that big Trans-Tasman comp. That was, was a Style Wars. Star Wars, yeah. So Clayton and I went to a Star Wars once together as a team. Oh, shit. But we were like, I think two people, two better people pulled out and they ended up choosing me and Clayton. And it was like me and Clayton, left. Jake Coyer um, were on the team and like I think uh, Steph Zestraden was on there and uh, then me and Clayton just like cruising along. I think they wanted us to be like the jib guys um, and we were just fucking rat bags, man. <laughs> <laughs> we just were like well we're in Australia let's just go for it and it was really sick but um, so Russell Holt kind of uh, was looking after me I, th- well, this, I think it would sort of tied in with like what happened with like ball and stuff um, when I moved to Australia I thought I was completely done but I mean I just could never get, get rid of it like snowboarding mm-hmm. stays with you forever like I from the day I left I've always thought about it like every day I'm still like a super nerd like looking at all the websites and same with skateboarding so this is like I just yeah there's not a day that goes by I don't think about snowboarding in the day that I left and like you know like you look at people that are like stayed in it like still like RMB for instance mm. like still they're just like killing it jars living and still living in Switzerland and grooming and building parks and like completely you know will and Abbey like everyone's just still in it and they're doing mm. well and they're doing great things and um, you know that's and they get to snowboard every day yeah. and I like live in Melbourne I don't and I'm like fuck like did it how bad you know mm. did I blow that but at the same time, No, like I, I may, I a hundred percent know that I made the right choices. So what Um, was,
0: um, ball boarding?
1: So yeah, I guess, so all of the Australian stuff came about because I moved, I was living in Melbourne and I hadn't snowboarded in a few years. And my friend Mark Baker, um, who was like, kind of like at the time he was like Australia's version, I guess, of me. He was like the dude wearing the pink leather jackets and the tight pants and jumping downstairs and stuff. Mm. Um, and we had met in Salt Lake City. He hit me up and said, There's a forum um, competition called ballboarding. It's like a rail jam. Uh, and I hadn't stumbled in a couple of years. And so we went, I borrowed some gear, and I think we're just fucking around. And I ended up, I think I placed in it without even trying or something. And I was like, Oh shit, this is super fun. Um, so then after that, we sort of approached. I was like, Well, John Waddell was there as well. And this is like he moved out because we were in the band together and, you know, he was filming skating and music videos. I was like, let's just. Like we should go back there and create this sort of like web, webisode thing. So, yeah, we hit up Forum. We have hit up Transfer. They, they were all about it. So they just sent us a couple of days each week to, to just cruise around. Uh, boardboarding episodes, I don't know if you can find them or watch them. They're like, that mountain is like literally, there's nothing there. It's like, it's pretty much the, the learner's slope of Kadrona, but right. with some trees scattered around. Like, so f- to f- actually make these episodes was like, we were just like anything we could find. Like, what are we fucking going to do today? There's like, there's no jumps, there's no cliffs, there's no off. Like, it's so mellow that like you can't even get speed to like do it, like to hit something to do it. Like, it's these yeah, like that. But we just had the sickest time, um, and in Australia is is wild and yeah, Bor bore is just like you know you've got Hotham and Falls and Perisher and all these like places that are big and like sick and that, but they're like expensive man Australia is nuts mm. for that like you you just that like you think Australia you think New Zealand's like a, it's a rich man's game like try, you try to spend one day at Mount Buller and you're fucking broke
0: well it's nuts how sort of like working at Kadrona like it's cheaper for the Aussies to come over to. It's cheaper to come here, here for, for a weekend, week with a passes,
1: rental car, and accommodation yeah. than it is to go for like a weekend at Mount Buller. It's fucking insane. It's crazy, eh? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and before we move out of snowboarding, um, you had a manual interview, so we're we're rewinding the tape a little bit. Um, what was the story behind the cover with that?
1: Ah, yeah. So that was like a I don't know. Um, that was the Coronet Peak, uh, like a base lodge ledge um i'm not is it even still there
0: no they've, they redid it about fucking eight years ago or some shit eight years something like that yeah <laughs> okay
1: granddad mm. um <laughs> so okay well for mm. people that don't know the, the base the base mountain at mount Hart was uh these like two ginormous very high like head high hubbers concrete hubbers and there was like a, a rail in the middle made out of three kind mm. of gap rails um, but no, I, as far as Steve and I, this is like of kudos the end of, end of like season. Like I think we were filming for that to be the enders. Mm. um, like we'd done the season in the States and then, and then Casey had come to New Zealand to film for that season to get a bunch of stuff for that video. Um, so we had done like a, you know, midnight missions to Mount Hart to do the kink rail there and, um, TC to do the kink rail there, basically the four handrails in New Zealand, that are accessible, <laughs> we had gone and traveled the country to go do them. Um, and then, yeah, this is just one heavy, heavy session at that. And um, we had a drop-in setup. It was the middle of the night. We had a bunch of lights. And I think, yeah, like a couple of people filming. Um, and no one had done it. Like, no one had hit that, hit that ledge before. And it was crusty as all fuck. Like, we didn't know how it was going to go. Like, yeah, no, it was cold enough. So it was like, but, yeah, it, with our, like, Ethos of having these small jumps, and you know we had to pop, and it's sketchy. But um mm. and it uh, but just a lot of heavy shit went down. Like Steve Ferguson front boarded it like this rough fucking as fuck concrete join
0: in it too, didn't that? It? Yeah,
1: it's and he up. went straight to it like actually dead square. One of the sickest front boards I've ever seen in my life. Um yeah, and I think I just was on. I was a night a day that I was like, right, this is for me. Like to, right now, this is my time you know like i feel good and i can i can step and uh yeah i just got it got a bunch done so i was like i think i tail pressed it like kind of over blunt it, nose blunt sort of thingy it um and I'm like 50 the inside rail and like lip slide i think
0: fucking um, lip slide! that's um considering the height you uh, got to get up on that that's fucking pretty bonkers yeah
1: so i was like i tail pressed and nose press like over kind of crooks i guess or whatever that doesn't exist but Anyway, and then, but the, like, the thing that I'm most proud of was the inside 50-50 on the road the, between the ledges, because, like, no one had done that in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. I think I'd only ever seen, like, a couple of other people in, in videos actually do it. So that was pretty sick. That's, um, but, yeah, the, the nose blunt, I guess, made it on the cover. Uh, it was, like, a double fold-out manual cover. And, uh, yeah, it was Red. a sick time, and I think... I don't know if it was that time or another time, but driving down, like, because there was a point, you know, it could coronet so gnarly, Mm. even during the day, like, you know, after 3 o'clock when it just goes pitch black and or, Mm. like, the sun goes away, everything gets cold. So driving down that that road, like, 3 in the morning and just, like, completely iced over. And I think, like, a a couple of the cars had gone off and it took us, like, maybe... Just like hours to get down, like mm. and like white knuckling the whole way, just being like, Fuck man, we're probably gonna die for these shots, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, super hairy driving down that night, that road at night.
0: And was Johnny Mack sort of the main guy you shot with photography wise? Yeah. Sort of I don't
1: even think I ever had a photo without Johnny,
0: and was that just the Wellington connection? Sort of. yeah
1: initially um but I think it was like you know through that Johnny was like you know taking us we were all like two and then he kind of fell in with those guys and I guess that was his sort of like thing to be like let's you know everyone that was around um was yeah I mean we had known each other but I think that his trajectory was already 100% in that direction yeah um yeah but I was just I was just lucky to be around kind of, you know yeah um so yeah big up to johnny mac for doing all that man he's still doing <laughs> and fucking the it, right? honestly um for yeah it's sticking it's putting up with me mm. um yeah i i don't know i'm not sure if he's still what's mm. going on i haven't spoken to him in a while. but oh, i mean man. it's I mean, transfer still going but uh it's a uh, new so originally it was russell holt um and then recently um I think Transfer was going into um, was kind of going under like they were just going to I think the from what I know they were going to just discontinue making it damn um, so Richie Carroll who's you know he's uh, he's young than I am um, he was uh, a, you know sponsored snow a super cool dude um, I think he must be, yeah I'm not sure his story he used to I think he used to like film with with Johnny Waddell a lot as well oh, yeah. um, in those times when Johnny was out there but he ended up um, partnering up with uh, Tora Bright and they bought it and they saved, they saved Transfer. So for those Great. people that don't know, um, Transfer is, you know, solely snowboard to own and operator now. Awesome. So shout out to Tora and Richie for for bringing it back. And, and th-
0: Thanks for saving like the one final publication 100%. of the Australasia.
1: Like. Yeah. Um, and they're doing really cool things with it. And then, yeah, just like during COVID, I kind of, I don't know, he... I'm not sure i think we'd started talking over instagram and he'd kind of reached out it was like anything you want to talk about and i hadn't talked about snowboarding in fucking 10 years like yeah. um i hadn't yeah and like you know people in melbourne i've been there 15 years and most of my f- circle don't even know that i used to snowboard you know like yeah. at all my wife hardly even knows so um, <laughs>
0: I was one of those things. You're like, oh, I used to do that. They're like, yeah, sure. Yeah,
2: and yeah, something. yeah. She's
1: like, cool. You know, like, uh, so um, I do need to shout out to my wife, Kelly. She's amazing. Um, yeah, man, Kelly Dunn is one of the raddest people. But she's so funny. Yeah, you know, she just doesn't doesn't understand like any of what I talk about. And I'm like, recently, I've kind of been like, I've, I don't know, just getting nostalgic about it and be mm. like. Like I said, like we were talking about, is like you don't ever stop becoming a snowboarder, you know, yeah. or like being a snowboarder. So I just like, and recently because I have, I haven't done it, and I you know like after the ballboarding thing sort of stopped, it's just like it just sort of ended, like, and but I haven't my will to go snowboarding and just like now it's different. Like I don't want to go <laughs> street rails. I just mm. literally want to go and turn with my homies and just mm. like get some get some turns in and just, um. So that's like the pledge now, but it's really funny because like you know my wife is like. She grew up on the Gold Coast and she's like a surfer girl and she like used to date pro surfers and she grew up like lying on a beach and she just has no idea about like about snowboarding. I think you know, like we we're watching Game of Thrones or something and she's like, there's like winter's coming and like there's a full blown like storm and and she's sort of like, oh, so it's like, is that what it's like? And I'm like she's like, why would you ever be outside in that? And I'm like, you know, like some days we used to pay to do that, to mm. sit on the chairlift and like <laughs> sideways sleep. and ask yourself the same question (laughs) (laughs) you're like no yeah we used to pay for that like just to (laughs) just sit on the chairlift and get pelted in the face by like sideways sleep and be like pretend that we were stoked about it but honestly i think we probably were like Mm. you know like there was some times like in snow park as well like where we just used to be terrible and it was like you know there's a couple days it's like fuck it you know we're here we might as well just go normally and just like hiking a box for mm. hours in the in the in the shittiest weather, and, and having those are some of the best days that I remember. They the you know? turn out to be the best it's sessions best
0: sometimes. Like,
1: day. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty funny, um, but yeah. So um, I guess through throughout COVID and me thinking about it a lot, uh, Richie reached out and I started just um, to put some. He's like, if anything you want to kind of say, like let's just do it. So I ended up just uh, in the last year writing a bunch more about it and. Um, just thinking about it a lot and i, I did like a couple of episodes a couple of like articles kind of like a just like a fucking rant just some old man ranting um <laughs> on transfer <laughs> um and it turned out pretty cool like i'm happy with it and it just but it just got me thinking again you know like i just i i just can't wait for the season i've like finally like my work life has been pretty insane um and everything always seems to fall on like winters and i just haven't been able to get away and like now i'm in a position where i can and this year i'm i'm absolutely coming back so what's the trans? it's not going to be a comeback <laughs> i'm not going to like come back and get clips or anything but i i'm going to take an actual like uh, it just like this this year is just like i'm going to take time to just go and enjoy snowboarding and just get back on the mountain and just so have what's the
0: trans transtansman bubble will we see you back over on these shores yep. riding a
1: snowboard 100% rad i'm here um, I missed out on a heli trip last year, which was oh, because of, because of COVID. COVID and I've never been on a heli trip. So that's like, you know, that's every snowboarder's fucking, yeah, that's yeah. bucket list shit. And, uh, yeah, it was all teed up and then COVID hit and my brother and Jane, cause it was for her birthday. So they went and, mm. um, they absolutely scored it and I'm so hyped for them because it's something that they wanted, but I know that I was supposed to be there. <laughs> so now it's just like, now it's strictly my bucket list 2021 rebate. 2021 on the yeah I mean even if it's just cruising through a i like a oh man I'm I'm ready I'm so hyped so
0: I want to rewind to take back a little I'm, I do that a lot mm-hmm. um, something about uh, DC Mountain Lab Devin Walsh and Travis Parker
1: <laughs> yeah um, so I think i touched on before like the guys that, that I used to hang out with in um, Salt Lake City Team Thunder um, and at that time those guys were just sort of, like, coming up as well. Everyone was starting to get kind of looked after. Jake and Ryan Debenham. Um, Ryan Debenham, Jake Welch is now, I mean, I mean like, not so much a household name, but, like, if you know... Well-known. No, yeah. He was in a lot of absent films and on Forum for a long time. Um, but he was coming up. It was, like, Nick Dirks was in that crew as well, um, who ended up, you know, being huge on the...
0: Yeah blaster dude, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and Ryan Debenham was, like basically dc were kind of like uh kind of like shopping these two kids like ryan and, and jake and being like offering them contracts and blah blah, blah. but in that state in that time we so and you know they were kind of like chaperoning them and like kind of grooming them to to come on board in dc and through that we all got to go and stay at the mountain right. which was not very long lived man like yeah. and that's something that's like you know still one of those things that i'm like fuck that's fucking cool, you know.
0: Like it looked like the coolest place to see. It was
1: insane, man. Like so like drive up to it's kinda like outside Park City, drive through this gated community, like you have to be let in and then you go up to this huge ranch and there's like this is at the time where we went, there was like the I think it was Bjorn line that had set up the ramp, like the (laughs) like through the living room and off the balcony. Oh yeah. So it was like out like outside the front door, like there was a run in and then it would drop in and like go through the living room and then blast and like through the whole house and then out of the balcony and off the balcony. They were like, Fucking "And we're like, okay, but we walked in as it was like Travis Parker's there. And I guess I must've met Travis Parker because he remembered me, he's like, oh, Catsburg." And I'm like, fuck, all right, that's cool. And then, yeah, I think it was like, they had come on a trip um, the year before and Brad from Forum had like introduced us. It's like Duffercy and Devin and, and Devin Walsh and um, Travis Parker. And so, and we had been snowboarding like we rode a powder day, at TC or something, and um, and then there was another day that I think there's a really f- fucking couple of sick photos Johnny Mack took in the front country, the a front country of um, of Devon and and Duffy. and they it was like me and Clayton were out front country building jumps, and like all of a sudden we turn around and his Devon and Christoph to be like, hey, can we can we hit your jump? And we're like, what? <laughs> like you guys are gonna <laughs> snake us on our jumps and like cadrona front country like why <laughs> and, uh, and uh so you no know, like we were like yeah man sure like whatever and like we were like you know i think there are two clips of that and i think they're cheated like i think i got a frontside three off this jump and then and clayton does a sick fucking cap five um and but then like you know devon walsh and chris his step to it and like without even thinking they just like go three times the size and mm. just like Boosting and just like hit it once, get the trick, and then bail. And then they built, they ended up cruising from that down and building this ship. And I feel like it was on a cover, like a, um, a one of the Devons shots was it the same. They just like bailed, they hit our jump, killed it, and then just like, fuck these guys, <laughs> and then bailed it down the street and uh, built this other jump. So anyway, um, that was the year before. And then this year, we were like, so, but I, you know, walking into the mountain lab and Travis Park is like, oh, it's Catsburg. And I was like, the fuck, how there's no way that travis parker's like remembers me man that's wild and then my friends who were like you know there to get sponsored to look at me like and they're like what the fuck how do you know travis parker man i'm like i don't don't know man and then um and then yeah we go out upstairs and devin's sitting there he's like he looks at me too and he's like hey because he's got like the voice you know he's like hey it's (laughs) (laughs) Kunzberg. i'm like yeah yeah man what's up <laughs> he's like okay Kuntsberg, how you going I'm like fuck <laughs> okay I'm in mean, love like, it's like what do I do here this is That's like the deep. sickest fucking it's... thing ever like Devin Walsh is like has a nickname for me and mm. like and my friends from Utah that are like being like you know groomed to to ride for this company are just like looking at me going the fuck you know Devin? like they're like as psyched to see Devin Walsh as I am mm. and I'm like Oh yeah, I've met him and they're like, Really? And then he will turn around and he's like, Fucking, what's up, Kuntzberg? And I was like, <laughs> Holy shit <laughs> All right, fucking So I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that man, DC Man Lab was was like, because then they had that thing through the house which is wild, but then also it was just like the vibe, like you would get up, like we stayed there and you get up in the morning and you go up to the front door and it was like from the from the ranch house down to like where they had the setup of the mm. of the you know, the rope toe and everything. It's like a little a road. But the, it was insane. Like you'd, you'd strap in outside the door and drop in and it was like, you'd go, like you'd do some things. There was a couple like bump, pump berms or something. And then you, there was like a little semi-trailer and you'd ollie up into the trail, into the truck and like like jib through the truck and then come out and then you would stop and then they had a fucking clay gun. So like, a, like, a prop, like you'd stop after that and then they'd give you a gun and they'd shoot a clay fucking thing and you'd hit it like... And then you'd give it back and then carry on and hit some other more jumps and a, and a little rail and stuff and then that would get you to the park. And you're like, this is fucking paradise. Wow. This is yeah. heaven on earth. This is the coolest shit. And it's like, yeah, me and my boys and then like, yeah, Travis and, and, and Devin as well being like, yeah, have, have a good time.
0: I guess if there's one person get
1: away with giving you that nickname, you're like, all oh, right, whatever. It's Devin Walsh. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. have it, man. You can, I would fucking, Devin Walsh would call me anything. I'd be like, yep, sick. But mm-hmm. the fact that he can knew who i was was like whoa like i'm yeah. done i'm good i'm i'm retired i mean
0: how long <laughs> yeah like, how long was he like the best day Like for since i'm get go right through to talk about sort of life after snowboarding so you ended up peacing out to melbourne
1: yeah i mean this is also a long story that day that i realized that it was time um a friend of ours was um uh, the guy that I was living with at the time, he was gonna. He's like, I'm fucking done as well. I think it was just springtime, and we were kind of just sick of it, sick of Salt Lake City. And and by this stage, I've been there five years, and you know, I've got really good friends, and everything's happening. But um, he's like, my fucking homie, <clears throat> is in L. A. Los Angeles. He's like an upcoming actor. He just like was the love interest in a Mandy Moore film. He's like, let's just go to L. A. and fucking party. And I was like, you know what? That sounds sick. So I literally like sold what I had, got out of my apartment, put all my shit. I didn't even have a bag. I put my stuff in a garbage bag, got in oh, this Jesus. red, red fucking Volkswagen Jetta, and we um we just drove to Los Angeles and uh and we got there and and party pretty hard. Um, and I ended up meeting a girl there. <clears throat> um, meeting a girl in Los Angeles, and she was like, fucking crazy story. Like, met her at the bar, um, and sort of hung out for a bit and turns out she was like A, she was like the daughter of like a country rock fucking like legendary parents and B, she was the snow team manager or and skate team manager for Ennies. So right. at the time it was like Cara Beth Bernside, so Alyssa Seema and like all these people, like and she was like the female like liaison for all those people and she's like, We're going to New York and Ennies has like a fucking full store in Soho opening up. Um and she's like, You should come and hang out with me for a week and I was like, "Fucking it." So I was like, "Cool, I've got nothing to do." So I ended up like packing up my shit again and like moving and just going to New York. And uh, by that stage, when I actually did get to New York, it'd been like three weeks, and I hadn't even like talked to this person. I just like had got on the got on the guest list and um, ended up fucking h- hanging out with some homies there in New York that were like um, in that I knew from Los Angeles uh, from Utah, sorry, that were like reps for like DC and. Um, my friend Dave Frey was there and he rest in peace um, and they were there from they're from Virginia so I don't know for some reason they were just there for this party so we end up getting into this party and it's like a roll up it's Etnies and it's like there's like Atiba's there like um, like Ryan Sheckler's there with his mom, Alyssa Steen was there like Kyra Beth Burnside's there all these people are there and it's like it's my first night in, so- in Soho like the Cobra Snake's there taking photos and like okay getting there i see this chick and i haven't seen and she kind of doesn't even know that i'm coming (laughs) and she's kind of like oh man like sees me and then my friend's like is that her And i'm like yeah yeah and we go up and i'm like say hi and she's like yeah cool i'm really busy and i'm like okay cool this is not good like this is not working out but anyway there's like free bar so we're like start going drinking and like all my fucking favorite skateboarders there and go up the next level and there's another free bar it's like this it thing and then we go up another one there's another free bar then get gets to the top and it's a rooftop and on the rooftop is like Sari, jeff rowley and a mini ramp and they're skating it and i'm like fucking this is my first night in new york this is amazing yeah. um so i just getting yeah anyway i was supposed to be in new york for a week to hang out with this girl i didn't end up even seeing her again um but i ended up long story short staying for like six months um and super getting into music and everything there and just being in new york was amazing six months there and then my visa ran out i was like look i'm gonna go home i'm gonna come back in 11 i'll be back in three months no problem Mm. i got back i flew into auckland my dad picked me up and i was just like shit like this is not and i called my friends like you know like yo what's going on like is anything happening they're like no man we don't do anything like everyone just drinks at the house and plays with motorcycles i'm like well, that's kind of cool but like fuck you know like mm-hmm. i just come from six months in new york where everything is happening all the time mm-hmm. and a monday night you can go out till god knows how long and um yeah so i ended up coming back and uh and then i yeah i was like okay cool how do i do this so i ended up being like well melbourne's the next best thing um that's pretty similar like a lot of live music and everything is happening there so i ended up just being like cool let's just move
0: so were you trying? having a crack at being a musician
1: or not until i actually moved to melbourne but i had it in my in my sights and i was like okay cool this is i think this is what's going to be next for mm. me um because it was you know once you if you take if you were to take snowboarding and skateboarding out of my life and then that's it, the only thing i saved is music you know what i mean mm. like and i kind of did that like i took it all away yeah and i was like fuck this is all i care about and then so you know, just to go out and do stuff. It was also like, you know, to live, I was working bars, which, which you know, happens to be the great thing. And then, um, but yeah, we ended up actually putting a band together and getting a bunch of people fucking from Auckland to come over. And um, yeah, we started a band and we made a bunch of songs and right. played what, a bunch of shows. And What
0: were you playing in the band? I was yeah. a
1: singer. Singer? Singer and tambourine. In very Brian Jonestown influenced. Right. Yeah, yeah, so you know, we may or may not have been taking a lot of psychedelic drugs, and being Melbourne being what it is, is big city, like you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing goes down, and it's like that was our thing. We were like, you know, we we're just like, uh, yeah, very like Black Angels influenced in Brian Jonestown, which is what I was into at the time. Nice, no, I mean, that's too mean, just drony and eh? drone, drony and fun, and just like, yeah, mm-hmm. jangly guitars, and you know, I mean you thought I looked pretty crazy when I was snowboarding. You should see me through <laughs> the heart of those days, man. Like, like full on, like just scarves and just, yeah, long black hair and beard and scarves and earrings and jewelry and all this stuff just going nuts and like Fine. super pointy boots and all that stuff. I mean, I still got, I still kind of run that game. but <laughs> No, it's a bit toned down now. Now mm. it's a bit more country-western. But I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's always, you know, like, yeah, take away everything. It's, it was always music. So... Mm like yeah like i mean same thing it was like it was a lot of, we worked really hard and um you know i think everyone a lot of other people from the band actually did did pretty well uh but then it was sort of just like kind of dissipated <laughs> pretty funny story actually we were on tour in sydney and um and uh partying and our drummer just was like over it like trying to go home and we're like man we don't really know where we're staying like we're staying with this person but she's partying with us like and so we can't really go back to she goes back and then we finally got back to the house woke up the next morning our drummer's gone like he's just like <laughs> packed woke up packed up and just like fuck these guys and just like got back and went to, went back to melbourne
0: fuck so you guys were too wild for the drummer then well, wild <laughs> dudes as well
1: yeah and so we, up, we still had three shows to play in Sydney and he was just gone. So we ended up just like ringing it, and get a friend of ours and did that. But then after that, it was kind of like, well, fuck it. all right, you know, whatever. And then, yeah, so after that, it was like, okay. Um, but I was always, you know, to pay, to live and, and work in Melbourne was like, you know, working bars and, and eventually just, yeah, just working in bars and then, um, you know, getting promoted and managing bars and then, managing bigger bars and then Mm -hmm. you know running full like hotels with like live music and five fucking levels and 400 people and i'm the boss you know like it's pretty wild
0: I mean, you talk about pressure on forum. That's a <laughs> pressure idea, Holy shit!
1: Yeah, but that's like also just like part of the course. It's just your job, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that that was kind of crazy. with just yeah, just running running big bars, and then it was sort of like a bunch of us got together and we we're like, fuck, if we, you know, this is what we make a week being managers of these places. Like, imagine if we could start our own thing and get paid like even less, we'd still be stoked, and we own it, you know. Mm um so yeah we ended up like looking for like quite a while looking at a bunch of places to 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 get our hands on to like lease and then we ended up choosing one that was like probably not the best choice like it was like on paper just not a good spot like off the fucking beaten track um but it was all we could afford and um it was kind of like the only place people that would let us do something and we so we ended up getting in like putting all our money in, getting this place and turning it around and turning into what became Sweetwater Inn. Um, and yeah, that was like, you know, I think all in all we spent like maybe $17,000 to do the fit out, which is nothing. Um, opened the doors and I, th- I don't know, man, we just hit a nerf and it just went absolutely bananas. And it's like right. the first night we opened, it was like heaving through the streets and then just it just carried on. And people, people it was just for. at the time, yeah, it was like, it's like, a, you know, Sweetwater was like a kind of like it was like a texas bar slash outback australia Mm. you know like a texas dive bar, and it just it just hit a nerve you know like it was just at the time it was like everything was very pretentious and we just kind of came on was like here's a fucking like everything's every tin is like everything's in cans five bucks you know like Mm. um and we just played credence all the time you know like Mm. and it just went absolutely nuts and and then that sort of started that was the start of everything it was really sick um, yeah, it just hit a nerve. I was <laughs> funny. Like another story is like well, that year, like the bar awards that happen every year was like um, they do, you know, like, you know, best new bar and all this stuff. And they, they kind of made a, 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 a genre. It's like best fit out. Um, and then we won the best fit out award. But the, the, the awards were, ha- were at a bar that cost $11 million to fit out this like huge nightclub and they hosted those awards and we spent $17,000 and we're sitting and standing inside a $11 million fit out holding the trophy for best fit out <laughs> and we're like fuck you guys we're fucking out of here we were like we didn't even stay for the party we got our trophy we went straight back to our bar just lined it up with shots and like fucking went for it it was great yeah and then yeah since then it's been like yeah i think we've done what now i've owned five five bars and I've had my hand in, like, in, in building seven. Right. Um, and when I get home, I'm doing another two.
0: So you sort of live music at these bars?
1: Um, some some yes and some no. Mm-hmm.
0: You're saying sort of before we got in here, like, you had people like Nick Cave and Jack White. Oh, know, that's just, like, through? yeah,
1: Leonard's is, like, a, I think Jack White came through because uh, we had... The Raconteurs are playing, um, and we, like, just shot the... Manages some messages and um, ended up having them do the after party at our bar um, and DJing. And, but Jack White's right. like notoriously like you know the, those guys don't usually come out. But like the dudes from the Raconteurs are like also Queens of Stone Age and mm. they were like yeah man we're we'll keen we'll come and DJ. But it was like touch and go whether Jack would come. Mm. And like but he was like fuck it and he came uh, just showed up. Pulled up van out the front. It's the only one and only time there's ever been paparazzi at the bar, you know, like they were there, they were waiting for him and um yeah, like opened the gate, opened the van door and he like rolled out, and they took all these photos and I'm like, get it and the security's like, get out of here And they just rolled in, there's like the place was packed and uh Jack Whites is there and I'm like, you know, what are you drinking? And he's like I drink Jack, kind of like okay, It's <laughs> fucking easy. <Yeah. laughs> I was like, so I was like to the manager. I'm like, man, Jack White's for Jack White's, and just keep him coming. Jack and Coke for Jack White's, and just keep him coming. Mm. And he hung out for ages and just talked to everyone, and was just like the right. super coolest dude. Yeah. Then um, our other place, the pizza place, Leonardo's Pizza Palace. Like Nick Cave came through. Um, Lay. Oh. Um, Nick Cave. Lily Allen was there. She's had a, had come through a couple of times. <laughs> Fucking Mick Gatto came through. <laughs> um, the, the the Melbourne Crime Lord. Yes. I mean, oh, we've sure. had a bunch of... Oh, fuck. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch like, you know. Um, even, you know, like all of our buzzers, like a lot of like pro skaters, like tons of pro skaters come through and mm. um, like those sort of like those skater, those thrashers, mm. sodi tours. So was do you still have about.
0: that sort of grown up moment where you're like, no fucking way, that's... Yeah, but know, it's, I mean. a,
1: it's a different now because it's like I'm in a position where I can kind of like, uh, hey man, like fuck, it's rad like it's rad that you're here, like how can I, how can I make this sick for you? You yeah. know, not like, Oh my god! Thanks that you're here. This I definitely, I probably did that the first couple of times. I think it was like Scotty Stevens came to fucking Sweetwater, and I was like freaking out. Like, how the fuck are you in my bar, man? You know, I was like, and then like you know the Baker Deathwish guys came through, and like Eric Allington and I are sitting at my bar Mm. talking shit, and I'm like fucking telling him about like the this kick frontside nose slide that that he did in Baker Two, and he's like, man, that was that wasn't even supposed to happen like that, and I'm like, fucking no way, you know, like. (laughs) And I'm like, well, these are sick times. Like, this is really cool. Um, but then it's like, you know, it's like actually, okay, fucking man, like, what can I, like, how can I make this just sick for you? Like, what? how do I make you feel comfortable? What do you need? Like, do you want to be out the front? Do you, can I take you to, like, a back room and you can just have that and I'll give mm-hmm. you bottles. Like, what do you so, want to do? Um, yeah, so it's sort of, like, changed. Like, There's definitely not as much as, like, I think, yeah, I mean, I still get star stroke and shit, but I'm also just like, okay, contain it and just, like, make sure that their time is, like, it's, right. it's about you know like how mm. do they want to spend their time there. and yeah. like they don't want their fucking owner of the bar to be like hey! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's like they want the owner of the bar to be like hey man welcome thanks for coming like what can I do for you like yeah. I, as far as I'm concerned like that's what I would want mm. be like dude fuck it'd be like and then the thing is like we had like a whole back section for Jack White and he's like no I'm cool man just I'll just chill here right oh, sick and he just and hang out with people and
0: speaking of riders coming through was there a story about a um, well known New Zealand freeskier?
1: coming through one of your bars, being kicked <laughs> out or <of> something? <laughs> um, yes, one very well-known um, Wanaka-based uh, medal, multiple gold medal-winning free skier has come through. Um, and I was just listening to his, his uh, podcast episode he was saying the last time he was in Australia for his knee surgery. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I, oh, I kind of draw the dots. And I'm like, damn. Um, yeah. Uh, so he came through and... Look, like, I guess I just say I, you know, people think they can party but I do it for a living mm. <laughs> and um Nah, fuck, I don't like but I do. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <It's really laughs> I mean it's funny. like yeah, like I just like that's I'm just surrounded by it all the time and it's like, you know, um but yeah, just one too many shots, man. And uh, mm. it'll happen. Right there <laughs> on the on the floor. <laughs> so shout out to that dude. What a legend. Took it like a champ. Um but yeah, that's yeah, it's pretty funny.
0: <laughs> um that's well that's my notes exhausted unless we've missed something. Mark. I think we're pretty good, man. Um just got any shout outs or props or thanks before yeah. we
1: go into our enders? Hundred percent. Um yeah, first of all, my family, my mum and my dad for like supporting us through the through the start. All of the sponsors over the years, especially Dan Gosling, um, Steve Ferguson, uh Johnny Mack a hundred percent. All the homies that were there in the Wanaka days. Um, you know, Jar, Jacob, John, McFedrin, Andy McFedrin, Andy Clark. Fuck, I forgot to tell the Andy Clark story. We can tell the Andy Clark okay, story. Okay, sneak yep. this one in. So, Andy Clark and I, um, I don't know, like, Andy was, you know, he was a like star RPM, fucking, uh, no, star and... Rosignol. Mm. Uh, Rosignal. Rosignal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, one of the first guys that started hanging out from school. Um, and his, his mother, Lynn, was the cop of the town. So yep. when Wanaka was a very small town and his mum was a cop. Um, so I came here and just started being like, yeah, let's go. Like fucking just, you know, I was pretty, I was just a crazy kid. Um, but I would pick him up and go, we would go like take him to and take him to snow park in the car. And then one night I'm driving home, I get pulled over by the cops and, uh, I don't really have a license. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I get pulled over, and it's Lynn Donaldson, and she's like, "Ah, oh, Mark, what's going on?" I'm like, "Hey." She's like, "Can I see your license?" I'm like, yeah. She's like, "This is like a restricted," and I'm like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Well, you're driving like a fool," and I'm like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Who's that in the passenger seat?" I was like, "It's that's your son." <laughs> 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 so she looks, she's like, "Hi, Andy," and and then he's like, "Hi, mom. and she's like, "What the fuck?" She's just like, "You come and pick up my son every day from to from school, like to go snowboarding and drive a drone. I'm like, "Yeah." And she's just like, oh fuck, what'd do I do? Like, she's like, get out of the car, Andy, drive Mark, because he had a full license as well. And so she's like, get the fuck out of the car, Andy, drive him home, or we'll come and get you. And then she's like, just go and get your goddamn fucking license. Like, because it's been like six months now. So I'm sorry, Lynn. Uh, shout out Lynn Donaldson. Um, I was a very bad influence on that guy, too. Um, <laughs> hi mum ah yeah Um, (laughs) so all those guys and uh, yeah my wife my family all my homies um, wow man that's it you Mm -hmm. for having me on here all the old dudes as well like the guys that came before us like okay I didn't mention Nick Burke for having the best method Um, I also wanted to mention the first time I ever saw Joel Westcott which is when I came for a trip and was going up TC and like I think my brother was like oh that's Joel and he just like Whipping down the triple tree and just blast the sickest, smoothest switchback side one I've ever seen, and I was like, on an option board, mm. and I was like, okay, that is that's what it's all about. Mm. So shout out joel Westcott, Casey Loader, hundred uh, percent for bringing us all over for all those years. Ruben Bryan as well for being <laughs> the surrogate older brother, um, and everyone else. That's it, man. man. Cool, well, Sorry if I forgot you, I love them. Uh, Matt O'Brien, he gets one. Tell your friends you love
0: them. <laughs> um, well, we'll move into our enders now. Um, enders? Um, what have we got? Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, cool. <laughs> favourite rider?
1: Oh, fuck. Uh, Selaznik. Noah Selaznik. Uh, favourite mountain? Uh, Treble Cone, 100%. Sweet. Favourite board? <laughs> I'd like to say that Jamie Lynn that I never got to ride. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> um, Fuck yeah, that's it. Because everything else, man, the worst I can tell you, the worst part was the fucking banana. Not part. a fan. Didn't work for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh, favorite video part? Shit. Um, Hebble, love hate. Uh, favorite gig? Uh, okay, so yeah, have to be Murder City Devils um, when they broke up and then they were supposed to reunite. Uh, well, they reunited and it was supposed to be for the last time. So I actually flew back to Los Angeles to just strictly to go see the Meta City uh, State the Roosevelt. Fucking insane. Right. Uh, mm, yeah. And equal with Nick Cave for the Bad Seeds and Jonathan Richmond in, in uh, San Francisco. So. Huge. Man, yeah. Um, favorite city? Melbourne. Favorite track? Backlit. Favorite board graphic? Ooh. Um, do I say it's celastic or oh, fuck there's got to be better but it's like it's such a broad question I mean
0: it, it's a not I oh, fucking Cora.
1: this unit Kora man 100% that's like that has a lot of yeah there's I think that's one of the first ones where I was like wow that's a sick board yeah so shout out Quint and Ollie mm. I did an um, interview in high school yeah with Ollie Brunton I uh, was in a journalism class and I I hunted him down and talk, and like met him at the coffee shop and did an interview him for the school magazine. Rad. I think he remembers it. He he actually uh, he sent me a message on Instagram the other day because I said something about the method that you posted on here. Awesome. So bringing people together, Sidehead <laughs> Podcast, and shout out Sidehead Podcast. Thanks for having us. Oh,
0: sweet. Um, best method. Nick Burke. And final bonus question. Maybe
1: my brother will be fucking mad. <laughs> <laughs> Second best, Rowan Catsberg. But first best, sorry, man, it's Nick Burke. Oh, Nick yeah. Burke, TC Quarter Pipe, that
0: uh, sequence shot in the magazine, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's fucking a
1: shout out. That dude, yeah,
0: absolutely. And bonus question: What's the key to a good method?
1: I wish I knew. <laughs> oh, I'm garbage, at him. Let's ask Nick Burke. He's just around the corner. <laughs> <Slave>. <laughs>
0: Meanwhile, that's us. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Mark. Man, and thank you for hopefully...
1: having me again. Um, an honour to be here.
0: And hopefully, we'll see you up the mountain this winter.
1: This is the plan.
0: Joyce.
2: Right on. <laughs>